on a night when it's Tuesday, but it's also Thursday. The spookiness of SmackDown comes to 2003. That's right, folks. That was Vincent Price. He's here. And welcome to the SmackDown 6 podcast. Oh, the lights the lights are going off, off and on in my guest, my guest studio. It's happening, folks. I encourage, wherever you are right now, blink your eyes rapidly so you can feel like there's a thunderstorm happening around you. Because it is Halloween. It's 2003. Get your Subway. Get your YJ Stinger. And, uh, and, and, and grab yourself some sort of uh, Halloween treat. Either dig around your house and try to find something old and horrifying that's probably not in great shape. Uh, maybe find a Quest bar. My, my guest is holding up a, guest, a Quest protein bar. My guest's Quest protein bar for his best. That's right. I'm your host, Matt Fun. We're talking with the SmackDown 6 podcast. This is the SmackDown 6 podcast, rather. We're talking with the SmackDown 6 era of SmackDown. It's the beginning of the Ruthless Aggression era. It kind of precedes the PG era. It really precedes the PG era tonight and what we're talking about, because we go very not PG at all, talking about the October 30th, 2003 episode of SmackDown. But folks, I'm not going to break this down by myself. I have with me one of the beloved members of the paramount television family from yellow jackets <laughs> i don't know why why am i laughing he's on yellow jackets he shows up my brother will Vaughn. how you doing will matt i'm gonna hit you with a very current reference for when this podcast to release as danny elfman at coachella would say this is halloween in atlanta bad street atlanta ga here we are for uh, a podcast that uh, a mystery Mr. Henry Winkler will be interested in, Matt. And why is that? Well, the representatives for CDU would be interested in this, Matt. <laughs> and why is that? Spielberg will? will be interested in this, Matt. And why is that? Well, the SmackDown jump the shark this week. Oh, such a great question. Will this is is this what happened? <laughs> this is one of the strangest. Is this, what we're dealing with? <laughs> this, this is a is very strange un- episode. Believable. There are sections of this show I watched four times to make sure I saw and heard. I gave it a Booker T. Tell me he did not just say that. And he did four times from the way I saw it. Matt, this episode is, folks, if you're just tuning in, this is one for the ages, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. I agree. let, let, let 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 me tarry no further. As your yeah. quest for the week. Uh, and let's get into it, because good loud. Yes, we will talk about all the reasons why. Oh, let's This this show, the October 30th, 2003 episode of SmackDown, like Will said, it aired, It was in Atlanta, Georgia, in the Phillips Arena. It was I've taped October 28th, 2003. What were you in the Phillips Arena, Will? I was there for the 2011 WWE Hall of Fame ceremony. I was ah. not there for the Raw after WrestleMania where The Rock and John Cena announced their WrestleMania match a year before it happened. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad <laughs> they did that. Will, we're also tracking this Match of Six podcast, the TV ratings. This got a oh. 3.7. It beat Raw this week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, this is the problem. Bad behavior is getting rewarded. <laughs> this is exactly the issue, right? Uh, this is unbelievable. Well, I, I guess I don't know what Raw was doing at the time, too, though. Well, I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, truly, I'm sure if you went back and watched it, it probably wouldn't be much better. Uh Here's what I'll say too, Will. Uh, we're talking about the the Halloween episode of SmackDown. Some yeah. elements of it more Halloweeny than others. My question for you: Have you ever dressed as a wrestler for Halloween? 
We did this question last year. Yes, okay, I did. Okay, then never mind. Go back no, and listen no, to the I'll podcast. No, no, I'll answer it again. Because I did, <laughs> I did uh, introduce the fact that it might be someone's first episode. Matt Stanley yes. said that every comic book is somebody's first comic book. Absolutely. Every episode the SmackDown 6 podcast is someone's first. I did Bret Hart when I was a kid. Uh, and oh, yeah. we took a margarine uh, container, uh, cut an empty one. Uh, I scooped out all the margarine by hand, made it Winnie the Pooh style. We cut it in half and covered it in pink felt and 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 snipped the felt to give it a frilly. And those are my little ep- shoulder epaulets. Now right. the problem was Matt, uh, not to throw any shade at anyone who raised us, but like yeah, we would use like one roll of film for like ten years. So I don't ha- think yeah. I have any photos of it. Now I'm gonna get a very angry text or email. From somebody with a scanned photograph of the costume, but I don't think I have a costume of the Bret Hart, a picture of the Bret Hart costume. So we got like a wig, uh, you know, long haired wig, but it wasn't, it was like ultimate warrior hair. Like it was like supposed <laughs> to be like punk rocker style hair. It wasn't sure. like the, the curly, stringy long, the yeah, stringy, the yeah, curls. Brett's sexy, uh, stringy long, greasy locks. And then <laughs> I, I put, we, so we put the pink epaulets on like a um, three quarter zip fleece uh, number. And then I think I just wore sweatpants. And like regular sunglasses, and went to school. And I think another kid had like a better Bret Hart costume because he had like a toy uh. belt with him. And I, you know, of course, there's always somebody who does it uh, better. Oh, and I've dressed as uh, the the freshly canceled Ric Flair as an adult a couple times, including one time where I went to a party and uh, walking in, I saw Macho Man right away, and we shouted about Elizabeth to each other a little bit. So that was kind of fun. That's awesome. I thought and it was then, weird. Well, I thought it was strange that you went as Ric Flair this past Halloween, and you I, specifically you had on your shirt that said, "I don't, I don't care. I, I still like this guy." I thought that was yeah, weird my, that you did my, that. I was, it was a couple's costume. My girlfriend went as a flight attendant. She actually used to be a flight <laughs> attendant. Funny <laughs> enough, it's awful. Stuff. It's Will. It's hilarious. No, I'm so glad you found this. It's terrible. Listen, uh, not the worst thing you'll hear tonight. Not at uh, all, folks. <laughs> Let's I talk about last week's episode because we're yeah. going to set the table and then we're going to get into something Let's just absolutely the, bizarre. Let's set the apple bobbing chocolate tub. That comes up in the episode. On last week's episode <laughs> of the show, it was not Halloween. It was the fallout of the events of No Mercy. Vince McMahon revealed SmackDown's new general manager, which was a returning Paul Heyman. Oh. He, he made a main event for The Undertaker wherein he had to face Brock Lesnar and The Big Show in a handicap <laughs> match. And if Undertaker won, he could make any match he wanted. Well... There was a bunch of sports entertainment foolishness, but Undertaker prevailed and made a Buried Alive match in Survivor Series against Vince. <gasps> Not Brock. What the heck? What? Also, Zach Gowan appeared on WWE TV for the last time. Uh, you, if you listen to last week's episode, we went in-depth on uh, on Zach Gowan. We talked about uh, the uh, the report in Pro Wrestling Torch that kind of buried him the day he was uh, he was uh, released, which uh, will, if I, I should send it to you if I can remember it, but it's a very interesting document there. Not a lot of I love lost in the locker room, it would seem. Ooh, uh, and uh, yeah, Zach Owen, he lost to Jajiri. Also, the Los Guerreros lost. They dropped their tag team titles to Los Basham Brothers. <laughs> so Los Bashitos, yeah. <laughs> Bashamitos, that's right. And so, Will, let's talk about Velocity with the good folks in um, Atlanta. Can I just treat it to that day? Please. Can I just say something, too? Because, I mean, or maybe we could talk about when they, because they, they opened the, the show of SmackDown with the video package of the main event from last week. Yes. Has anyone won four matches in a row so quickly? <laughs> in like the history of anything like even the king of the ring you know when uh my costume uh icon brett hart won king of the ring 93 didn't he only have like four matches that night or three probably sorry probably three now well i don't think he, i don't think they're taking one four night. matches i think you think he won he, four matches no I mean, he thought rang... he won three times and he actually won the fourth time the bell rang three times the this bell is not magic of, um this <laughs> reminded me of a match we talk about that's some somewhat famous he's Shawn michaels vader match 
What people forget right. about that match is, you know, what people remember is Sean doing the elbow drop, landing on his feet, and kicking Vader in the face mm-hmm. and yelling at him. But people forget that that match had like three finishes. Yeah, and every finish <laughs> like was a, a Gaga. Like, no, we're not ending it that. We're not ending it that way. So, yeah. also, like, if you're watching SmackDown and the main event comes on at like you know a half hour before the show's over, you probably got a pretty good idea that the first fall isn't going to count. Like, what's the rest of the show gonna be? It we was the, the main event. We have the it exact was... opposite problem here tonight, Will. <laughs> <laughs> to, a, a, to a ridiculous extent. Sorry, uh, let's, okay. Let's we, talk about let's... Velocity, but Undertaker, four in a row. Good stuff. Let's, let's talk about dark matches first. Uh, Horseshoe defeated Elix Skipper. <laughs> Elix Skipper actively wrestling for TNA this time. Elix he... Skipper, okay, yeah. Before, it, before TNA was uh, the only competition in town. And boy, were they ever competition. Big time. Horseshoe would go on, of course, to be Luther Reigns in WWE. That is Roman Reigns' cousin. Just kidding. It's not. It's confusing because Roman Reigns actually has a pile of actual cousins. He, show, he showed up on that. Young Rock recently, actually. Roman's cousin, Luther Reigns. Did you oh, see yeah. that, Matt? That uh, they did a Joe a Joe Anoahi uh, reference where he was oh, yeah. like a little kid and he was like headlocking the rock and he said, acknowledge me. He did he say acknowledge me? Yeah, the kid said acknowledge me. Oh, my me. gosh. Yeah, That's I think amazing. he spiked the camera and he said it too. Not kidding. Great. Okay, yeah. great. I love that. Uh, also, dark match, Jamie Noble oh. and Sean O'Hare. That's, That's a tag, a tag team. team? Yes, they <laughs> defeated the tough enough tag team of John Hennigan, John Morrison, and Matt Capitelli. Oh, okay, so the tough enough winners go up against uh, Sean O'Hare is an interesting choice because Jamie Noble ends up being like, a you know, later in life ends up being like a, a road agent, manager, yeah. whatever, producer, whatever you want to call it. So he's probably a trainer as well. Jamie Noble with his, uh, his webcam. Uh, was that great it's a last webcam week? Because it's stuttery, even though it's obviously just a studio set I love that, that they built. That was so endearing. That was so endearing. <laughs> was it last week or the week before? It was last week. It was last week. Yeah, Jamie Noble on the webcam. Yeah, that was a fantastic thing. Oh, uh, man. And so, Will, that's it for dark matches, or is it? Oh, okay, let's hear it. Cody Rhodes? I'm excited to say more in Atlanta. That. Uh, so, on Velocity Proper, we have uh, built a mod on commentary with Josh Matthews. Uh, I'm oh, confident. Wow. Build them up, probably bullied Josh Matthews before and after the show, maybe during the show, during the commercial breaks, I would imagine. Probably a bit of bullying there. Josh Matthews. He's working overtime, man. He's he's all over the locker room and he's doing the velocity commentary. And mm-hmm. like we mentioned on the show before, Josh Matthews, uh, pretty sure he's still active. Oh, wait, no. Yeah. Wait, he has like MLW because I know Todd, former Todd Phillips, I think Todd Grisham. No, not Todd Grisham because Todd Grisham's the guy on Monday Night Raw. In John, John Grisham. John Grisham, the, uh, the John, author. The, yes. He brought it as Pelican Brief and um, no, uh, jury, his whole thing. Yeah, Todd Phillips does impact now. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, great. Then we got there. Uh, Tajiri defeated Shannon Moore with a buzzsaw kick to the dome. Tajiri is now accompanied to the ring by his two suit wearing associates. Uh, we'll find out who they aren't later. Yep. Uh, Orlando Jordan uh, dropped Canyon with a neckbreaker thing. He's got kind is of like he wearing his wig. Whose wig? Orlando Jordan. Oh, <laughs> <is wearing> his... <laughs> sorry. No. Will, it was after Halloween when Velocity aired. Oh, but this Orlando is Jordan oh, wig. so confusing. Happening. The timeline just. Ugh. Uh, Canyon is back to being Canyon and not Chris Canyon. They keep going back and forth with which he is. Or Mortis. He was Mortis for a or time. Mortis. On Velocity as well, right? Yeah. Well, they didn't. He, I don't, he didn't have a match on television, but he was on dark matches as Mortis. Could he just team a, with Bill DeMott and they could be Hugh Mortis? Anybody? Be great is anyone great. picking up on that? No, no. I think that's. I think that's a good one. I think it's, what, we should have one word. Some guy, apple juice guy. So it could be Demont apple juice. It's <laughs> an uh, idea. Carlito. Carlito's a couple of uh, months away. I think from debuting on Raw. Dumb question. But did Carlito ever have a finisher called Carlito's Way? Because that was a, a huge miss if he didn't. 
Uh, I don't think it was the Carlitos way. No, it could be a De Palma to the face. Oh, there we go. There's 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 a gift there for De Palma you, cinephiles. Yeah. De Palma strike. Uh, Spanky and Paul London bested Murray Happer and Pat Cusick with their flatliner Inzaguri combo. Oh, That's when Pat Cusick. I know. Or Matt Tusick. I think there was, there was the confusion once about who he was uh, at one Tusick, point. Hive, rise up. Come on. That's right. Let's Murray, I, it's funny. I always thought Velocity had local jobbers on it all the time, but more often than not, Velocity is populated by a group, of, like kind of a coterie of guys. They're like Murray Haver, Pat Cusick. They're around for, you know, three or four or five shows a year. This is WWE groupies. They follow them all over the place. Always travel with your gear, young wrestlers. You should always know. Travel with your gear. They follow the, the you know, it's like following, uh, yeah, it's like following the Beatles around. They go to the shows. Like, you guys need any, well, I need any wrestlers? And then, uh, they do. You know, maybe they're on the show. Yeah. Uh, I will also say that early in the match, Spanking Paul London hit a super kick party, uh, which was <laughs> strange. They didn't wow. do the pose afterwards, like Los Young Bucks, but uh, it was strange to see them do that sort of thing. Los Young Bucks. I love this, uh, this Latin flavor we have. That's right. Uh, Rhino gored Billy Kidman and pinned him in the middle of the ring to end Velocity. Oh, for good. That was the last episode. That was it. They got rid of it. They <laughs> he, got rid he, of it. He gored him through the set a la Chris Jericho when they uh, changed the SmackDown sets in 2001. That's right. Uh, so, Will, let's talk about SmackDown. And oh, uh, We have to. Yes, we We do. have to talk about SmackDown. SmackDown is weird because of what's on SmackDown. SmackDown is weird because of what is not on SmackDown. Yeah, we got to talk about SmackDown is weird this. because of what is kind of on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to yeah. start I'm going to start by saying this. When I turned on my WWE network, I got yeah. to the October 3, 2003 episode of SmackDown. Yeah, you booted and it up. And it said 1 hour and 13 minutes was the length of the show. I was like that's strange we're missing about 10 full minutes. 10, I, 10 to 12 full minutes. Yeah, like that that's yeah. that, that's a that's a decent chunk. That's at mm-hmm. least like one or two segments. Right? So I clicked on it and we start playing. It's an hour 13. Uh at one point, well, I'll that's get into breezy. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But we, I think we can talk. I don't know if we can talk more about this later, but uh, yes, we'll talk about when the missing we'll stuff talk about happens. It. Okay, we'll get, we'll get to it. Some weird stuff happened. Will, <laughs> real quick question: How many wrestling matches were on SmackDown? I mean, if you're being generous, three. Yeah, uh, Will, there were five matches on SmackDown. Will is trying to look and try to make sense of it. <laughs> what? I know. Here's the thing, Will. There All were right. five matches on SmackDown on on my, my on the side. I use CageMatch.net. Uh, yes, there was a match listed friends. as a dark match before SmackDown, which is not Velocity, nor a dark match before Velocity, but a dark match before SmackDown. And there's a match in the middle of the show that is nowhere to be found in here. So there are fully five matches here, and uh, and there's only three on the air. So if you're wondering why the fans in this show are like fine with the fact there's only a few matches... I mean, they uh, aren't really though. They don't. They're not happy at the end. Well, I'll say I, that. I don't no know. I don't know. I don't know so if we'll going over the smile on their face. I will say I've seen dark matches after SmackDowns a yes. lot. Like the, mm-hmm. the latest one I saw was Fiend versus Baron Corbin in yep. Vancouver because they used to tape 205 Live after SmackDown when that show existed. Uh, yep. I've also seen I think AJ Styles versus Jinder Mahal, um, and I've seen dark matches on. Uh, uh, Raws as well. Like I've seen John Cena versus Kane, John Cena versus Randy Orton. Uh, that's typically if the show ends in like a interview or something, or uh, then they'll give everyone like a, a match after too, which is like, oh, okay, right. I guess you really want to end it on a match. It is typically like a five minute or like even like three minute like babyface squash, right? So just something to make anyone happy at all with it. Yeah, just 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 to make them go home happy at the end. And be like, yeah. hey, thanks for coming out. So that is not what happened here. 
Um, so here's <laughs> no one went home happy. All that, all that. Uh, so the Basham brothers, who won the WWE Tag Team Titles last week, defended mm-hmm. their titles against Rikishi and Scotty Tuhati, and they I was won. Ask and Rikishi Scotty Tuhati won. No, <laughs> Basham brothers won. Pronouns, pal. Um, uh, sorry, they won. Sorry, the object of that sentence was the, the Bashams, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the main character of my sentence was the Basham brothers. <laughs> all you English majors, get at us, please. Um, sure. Yes, I was gonna say, Matt. Watched last week's episode, and uh, I should mention this. I got an immediate phone call, 2 o'clock in the morning where I am. It was you, breathless, on the phone. Will, I know I said we stopped the SmackDown 6 podcast after, shortly after Royal Rumble 2004, but I just, you saw Too Cool come back, the Bashams and the tag titles, and then something happens this week that I'm sure made you be like, I, I'm, I'm envisioning a new six. <laughs> There's a new six, uh, and and you wanted to extend this podcast. You said um, indefinitely at right. ad infinitum. I think you said right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is, which is insane. So, you know, folks, so you heard it here first. Uh, due to recent events, the SmackDown Six podcast must continue. There you go. Yeah, no, I mean, this is an episode that could not make me more happy to be uh, closing the book on this at some point. <laughs> love doing this show, love doing this show, but I am going to start, uh, yeah, we'll watching other things. Right yeah. We'll have some fun discussing it, but, uh, yeah, okay, here we go. Here's a question for you, Will. Am I allowed to Please. call Rikishi and Scotty Too Hotties too cool, or do they require Grandmaster Sex A? Uh, I think they do uh, qualify as too cool, uh, the, the two of them. But they had like two different theme songs, right? Like Rikishi has the mm-hmm. every night and day theme song, and then like the two cool song is Rikishi has every night and day, mm-hmm. and then Scotty Too Hotty has banging it, right? Banging it, banging it, banging it, banging it, banging it. And that was like yeah, he was he was brought back when Paul Heyman's like, ooh, I got, I'm bringing back an exciting superstar because Paul Heyman last week they didn't know if he was babyface or heel mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> until the main event where he's like, no, you got to win four matches in a row and tickets. Um, so. Yeah, anyway, uh, I like that he just, like, brings him back. And then this week, we'll get to it when we get to it. But, um, okay, yeah. so it was Bashams against Scotty Tuhati and Rikishi. And, of course, Scotty took the L his second week back. Probably. I mean, we don't know who – we don't know the, the details of it. But it's it's safe to assume Scotty Tuhati got hit with the ball and gag, probably, their finisher. Who's to say? Yeah, maybe with a little a little an interference from Shaniqua, Matt. Maybe they, maybe they did a triple powerbomb on Rikishi. After Ooh, Rikishi makes yeah. a star press. It's possible. Yeah, yeah, we, don't, yeah. we don't know. Through the announce table, and he'd be like, oh, I should tell my um, my nephew about this. This is a good move. <laughs> good idea. We, so we begin with a video package on SmackDown here showing Paul Heyman being named as general manager of SmackDown, like we'll talked about, and then him making mm-hmm. the handicap match team Undertaker and Brock Lesnar and Big Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like we said here, Taker wins. He gets any match he wants, any match, any time. We see Taker kind of win the match, and... Paul Heyman changes the rules as it's two out of three falls. Then it's a no count out match. Then it's an ODQ match. And then <laughs> the Undertaker actually wins when he gets a hold of his biker chain. Ah, the Use famous it. biker chain. Well, I mean, one thing we can also point out about this match too, Will, is that uh, <laughs> it's the rare instance, maybe the rarest instance on WWE television of a two out of three falls match being one, two straight falls, uh, with, like <laughs> shutting out one of the teams. That does happen sometimes. I think I saw the Usos in the New Day, maybe. The Usos win like two falls in a row. But that was like one of the only instances I can think of that happening in a two out of three falls match because yeah. obviously they're always like, oh, we're one fall apiece. Next fall wins it. You mean like yeah. a regular match? I mean, it, you kind of have to. I mean, I would do like a four out of like a three out of five falls match, seven out of four out of seven falls match. How far can we go with this concept? You know? Well, I mean, they've done it where there's uh, where they have first um, well, they they, yeah, best of seven series, 
They've done that they before. Have, can they? Oh, what's that game? Twenty one, right? You play that basketball game. Twenty one, or is that horse? In his first is twenty one. No, horse is I when think, you. I think yeah, it's you miss. And, yeah, yeah. They should have twenty one. You gotta win twenty one matches first. There you go. It's first to twenty one. That makes a lot of sense. I think that's great. <laughs> People go for that. I recall, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm trying desperately to find this as quickly as I can here. Mm-hmm. Um, You're scrambling. You're sweating. Yeah. Oh, here we go. These week palms are sweating. There we go. Uh, WCW Clash of Champions 23. The four horsemen, Aaron, Aaron Anderson and Ric Flair, defeated the Hollywood Blinds two falls to zero. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> when uh, Ric Flair made Flying Brian submit, and then uh, they pan- they won by DQ, I think, the second fall there. And I think there was, there was another one there that was Stunning Steve. Uh, also, yo, here we go. This is the one I was looking for. Stunning Steve? Who the hell's that? I know. Well, it's funny. He still is the stunner, so it's it's, he, it's almost a, still an honor. There we go. Yeah, uh, Steve Austin defeated Dustin Rhodes, two falls to zero, uh, in the U.S. Uh, U.S. Championship match at uh, Starcade 1993. Okay. So it has happened. Stone Cold Steve Austin is actually involved in two, which is strange to think about, but uh, he's yeah. involved in it. Okay. Here we go. Well, good for him. Good for Steve. I, I see that guy going places. So after the match, uh, Brock Lesnar F5 the Undertaker into the ring post, which seemingly he's fine with. I mean, other times that has been like uh, put you on on the uh, IR for a long time. But yeah, that uh, was an instance of it like happening and it being like it doesn't get brought up this week. Like, oh, the Undertaker's legs bad. This is why he's not here. It's just like, yeah, he's not here. We have other reasons why he's not here, but that's not it. Uh, and so uh, Vince McMahon yells at the Undertaker. Undertaker says he's going to have a buried alive match against Vince. And that's it. We go to the I Want and It All Vince Rap intro. Vince stands there and makes a face. Uh, I Want It All Rap intro. Uh, they added somebody this week, Matt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there was a replacement, a slight change here, where Stephanie used to pop up when the song says sex. <laughs> uh, now it's Paul now Heyman. it's Paul Heyman's face. And yeah. I'm, like, watching for it. And when it happened, I was like, well, that's – I assumed – I kind of thought they would replace Stephanie with another woman. Because they want to do that, where they're like, "Ah, sex, it's a woman, ha!" Uh, no. Instead, it's Paul Heyman's face, and it's, it's, uh, it's very funny. It's Paulie sexorously. Oh boy! Great. There we go. Yeah, uh, I mean, what what could be hotter than a a man from Long Island in a Yankees cap and a ponytail? Yeah, um, could be greater. I wonder how many guys actually fit into that category. Yeah, we have like a thousand guys in a room who dress exactly like that from there, probably. Mm-hmm. So we don't have any pyro this week to start the show because it's time for Kurt Angle to come down to the ring. Oh, this, the whole show is fireworks, man. We're told that Survivor Series is going to be Kurt Angle's team versus Brock Lesnar's team, a classic five-on-five Survivor Series match. Just, just We're just told that. Not really we're just told that. Else. And then by the end of the night, it's like, who's going to be on the teams? They don't bother stretching this out. No. Until Sur- we- this, is, this is wild. <laughs> we, 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 do, we, have, we don't know all the team members, but they go I from – you could start the show and be like, yeah. You could turn on SmackDown on UPN or The Score on a Thursday night in October when you have your face paint on from your Halloween party. That's right. And you could presume, you'd be like, well, who's Brock Lesnar going to face for the title of Survivor Series? And by the end of the night, you go, oh, I know almost every detail of this match, and it's not even the title match. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And this is a year after the Survivor Series had no traditional elimination matches at all. There's an elimination chamber, Survivor Series 2002. But there was no team elimination match, but I know what you mean. No traditional. F- yeah, no listen tradition. to what I'm saying. Will, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? To quote and nobody understands the words that are coming out of your mouth. To quote uh, Chris Tucker again. Um, never touch a black man's radio. Will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He said not it. the worst thing we've heard. He said it's okay. I no, I'm not saying I watched it. a movie just, with a black guy in it. I'm not saying it. That. You didn't hear that. I'm just you gaslighting you guys. It just happened. 
Uh, so we have Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit going up against A-Train and John Cena. Kurt Angle oh, and Chris yeah. Benoit on the same team. I mean, we're, on, we're this is going to be a great show for wrestling is my thought here. We're like five minutes in. Let's get let's get to it. I can hear Daniel Pettipa's voice being like, Matt, I'm watching the show. And right away, I'm like, this is going to be a good episode of SmackDown. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. The wrestling is really good. That's a very light Daniel Pettipa uh, impression. Yeah, but you know what I mean, though? Like, and I was thinking the sure. same thing, too. Like, this match, I was like, okay, here we go. This is pretty okay. awesome. Very entertaining. Very fun. It's going to be a good night of wrestling, especially when John Cena hits us with a little freestyle rap, Matt. Let me get there. Let me get there. So this is, this is a rematch <laughs> from last week when Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit came to blows during the match, and Benoit uh-huh. hit Angle with a steel chair by accident. It ended up being a no contest. The ref um, is so confused. He's like, I, I think it's I think it's Hebner, and he's like standing. It's it's baby Hebner, and he's standing there with his arms up, and he's just like, oh come on, guys! Like I don't know, he doesn't know what to do. He can't call for a bell. He just has to be like, this shouldn't happen. No contest <laughs> is kind of strange too, because it's just like you should just let you should just let this happen and see what goes on. Like I don't know, like they're you probably gonna lose, them, but, but like, like you know, in sports, yeah. Matt, professional sports, sometimes players fight on the sidelines. Yeah, and the coach has got to break it up, but the ref doesn't come by. This game's this Super Bowl's no contest, folks. Yeah, it's no contest. It didn't happen. Um, Cena and A Train come down together, which is romantic uh, which in is a way. Romantic, I think it's uh, really sweet. It's also the Halloween episode of SmackDown, so there is a Jack O' Lantern animation in the entranceway. I will say, aside from that, and a couple of things, it's very late Halloween, and and you don't have to go heavy on the Halloween. It makes sense to me that you would because it's fun, and why why not? But compared to the last Halloween episode that we covered on the show, that was extremely it, Halloweeny. It, sorry, I, a, sorry to say Halloweeny. Uh, when that is going to come up here in a moment, but yeah. Boy, he's, <laughs> still, still John Cena's thunder. Well, mm-hmm. and also you know, extreme Paul Heyman. But last year's Halloween episode, folks, it's in our archives. If you're a Patreon subscriber, twenty five dollars a month gets you. <laughs> no, it's on the archives. Um, it's free because I love you guys. Come on, it's it's still there. Go get it. That's true. I love you. We love we love not making any money. Uh, we love you. Wait, that eventually. episode of SmackDown, man, if you recall, and I recall yep. quite well, was excellent. It was a very fun show. It had that very, very fun, fun through line. In mm-hmm. fact, Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit were fighting throughout that. Had a whole costume party yes. thing. John Cena uh, introducing us to a rapping side of himself. Uh, that was excellent. Big Great time. Halloween integration. Uh, six stars in the Tokyo Dome. This week, it's uh, horrific, just not the way you think. Yeah, well, John Cena uh, has a rap. Is it John horrific? Cena has a I'm rap. not sure. I'd love to hear it. If it will, is there any way? Uh, let me just get my James Lipton out and be like, is John Cena in the room with us tonight, Will? Chris, Kurt, you guys, uh, you used to get along so great. Last week, I guess you lover boys just ran into a bad date. After what I saw, I was sure you were going to break up. The fight was kind of weird, but then I saw you kiss and make up. This is the real winning team. You want to bet? Call your bookie. I'm smooth like Han Solo. A-Train is like my Wookiee. And this next part, uh, he kind of splits from the rapping. Uh, he says, yo, 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 yo. It's cool, dog, because you look like a Wookiee, dude. Chicks dig that. It's okay. They can't see you. And believe me, none of y'all can see me. Halloween is coming up. Why don't you bite my Halloweeny? And that's uh, the rap. A-Train does take umbrage with being called a Wookiee, but then John Cena's like, uh, no, it's great. He should be like, no, Star Wars is actually becoming very cool, very mainstream. It's no longer an underground nerd culture thing. You just wait for, you know, 2015 when Disney acquires Lucasfilm, and then it's going to be all over the place, man. It'll be big. It'll be big time. You'll be uh, the I do. Thing. I, I'm, a, I'm confused as to you can't see me means, because he said the women like it and then said they can't see you, man, but it's like you want women to see you, but then what is that? 
I don't quite get it. I didn't get it, John. I didn't, I didn't quite get I it. Guess, so. I guess I'm not street enough to get it, Matt. I, I don't want to cast aspersions, but perhaps you and I just aren't street enough to understand that you can't see me. And again, the you can't see me is such a funny meme for John Cena because it's yeah. kind of making fun of him, but it's not because it's his catchphrase. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's just, just being, like being vaguely like, aware of things he said in wrestling. <laughs> it's just being like, yeah, yeah, he used to say this. Isn't that cool? Like, yeah, I'm sure he loves this. Yeah, it's true. You, you, you're you showing that you still understand his character. It's like the you still got it in a way. Uh, yes. So, yes, Ben and Angle start off. They take turns t- taking it to John Cena. Uh, Cole says Taz looks like R2-D2, which I suppose is a short guy joke. It's kind of the only way for that to make sense, right? Yeah, because Taz butchers it. He says Atrian looks like a whoopee. And then he's like, I guess Cole, that would make you, that would wake you, make you my R two D two. And Cole says, I think you're R- more like R two D two, right? Okay, uh, sure, that makes sense. Right. Uh, we're told Vince McMahon is here tonight, and my, uh, Cole supposes he's mad at Paul Heyman because of that he'll be in that buried alive match in Survivor Series. So I guess we'll see about that. Uh, uh, in comes A Train. <clears throat> he gets a German suplex from Kurt Angle, and then Angle sends Cena outside, but A Train drops Angle and gets the advantage. <clears throat> Pardon me. Cena comes in. Angle gets an angle slam on him briefly, but then A-Train breaks at the pinfall. Benoit comes in. He drops A-Train with a couple of big jumping clotheslines, and then he gets German suplexed. Um, A-Train does. If I'm, yes, I remember that correctly. Uh, yep. Benoit goes for a flying head, but, but A-Train rolls away. So A-Train then gets a bicycle kick on, on Benoit, but then he gets an angle slam from Kurt Angle. Then Angle gets FU'd by Cena. So we have a little, a little uh, finisher. Uh, finisher little, parade. Yeah, that's right. Big, big uh, favorite of the WWE six-man uh, tag match. Oh, yeah, big time. We're like, oh, he got it, he got it. And you're kind of like, I can see two uh, finishers ahead. I think I know what's going to happen here. It makes sense. Uh, then he gets RKO'd. And then he, Unbelievable. It's great. Uh, and so Cena gets he could flatten to the corner by A-Train by accident. Then A-Train takes another German suplex, and then Benoit hits a flying headbutt on A-Train and pins him for the one, two, three. So uh, always kind of satisfying to see Benoit hit the flying headbutt and, and win for once. It's often his big, like, oh, he almost got him finish, uh, but he actually uh, finishes it off. It's nice to see him hit it after he missed it as well. So Benoit, of course, taking really good care of his body, does two flying headbutts in one match after Harley Race told him not to use the headbutt because it'll F up his body. And, well, lo and behold, in Atlanta, Georgia... He throws uh, two headbutts. Yeah. Well, he, uh, yeah, I mean, Benoit doing the headbutt uh, also doesn't always uh, go well. It's true. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, a hot match in Hotlanta, Cole says afterwards. Uh, and then uh, Angle shakes Chris Benoit's hand after the match. So maybe Benoit will be on the Survivor Series team. We don't We don't know. And I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think they'd be naming members of the team right away, man. We have so much time for Survivor Series, you know. Well, Will Benoit gets a fist bump from Kurt too. It's you know, it's kind of nice. You know, their little mini feud is 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 not really happening. Like kind of teased that last week, but um, they're they're buds now. Uh, but that's not the only thing that happens after the match, Will, because afterwards, A Train is mad at John Cena. He pushes him around. Oh, okay. So Cena punts A Train in the groin and hits him with an FU, which is impressive because A Train's a big dude. He does, yeah. And uh, so, Will, is this the beginning of a face turn for John Cena? I would say it is, in- including the uh, kind of intrigue we have later on in the show. I'd say we're we're looking at the um, the genesis, the uh, the zygote of the John Cena babyface run zygote. that would last from whenever he turns babyface till checks watch present day. Present day. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, yeah, n- sure. not a babyface with everybody, of course. Spent most of his True. career getting booed and mm-hmm. still going over. The entire WWE locker room. But that's okay. That's true. Yeah, so Cena, it begins here, uh, conceivably, at least. We'll see uh, We'll see if John Cena pops up now. again in the episode. His time is now. That's right. 
Uh, and so we go to the back where Vince McMahon is absolutely seething in the general manager's office. This is an all-timer. He oh, points man. at Paul Heyman before he knocks a bunch of stuff off of a table near Paul Heyman. And, and he yells at Paul, and we see that he has a bunch of soda foam on his suit. I guess when he threw the soda, some just kind of like splashed up and got on him, and there's just a bunch yeah, of Yeah, there were a bunch of, like, bottles of water and Diet Pepsi, like, sporadically laid out on the table. He knocks it all down, and uh, it recalled to me a um, Sloan lyric. And the joke is when he woke, his body was covered in Coke fizz, and there's Vince yelling at Paul, and uh, kind of takes the, the wind out of his argument a little bit, because he's covered in Coke fizz. He looks kind of stupid, but, you know. Right. Anyway, he's truly covering Coke face. It's, it's it's no disagreement there. So Vince asks, how could you do this to me? Mm-hmm. Because because of Paul, he's now in this buried alive match with The Undertaker. And, you know, it's funny to think, like, you know, Vince, aren't you the man with the plan, Vince? Like, didn't you just make sure there's a bunch of chicanery at the main event of No Mercy? You look like bra- bragged about that. Like, just do that. You Why have a do lot you of not have the power to get out of this match? Why is this so ironclad? The guy you just brought in for you know the week before on his first night says the undertaker can make any match he wants so the match he makes is now ironclad and vince can't get out of it in any way shape or form well even actually, if he kept it he if he kept the match he can do all sorts of stuff like i mean this it's so it's so like this is doable we can work with this vince we can figure this out man no we can't apparently apparently we can't so paul but, tells vince to calm down so vince flips over his desk yeah and Vince sort of he changes his mind since he'll he, he'll see if he can make sure there is no Undertaker tonight. And t- he's gonna make sure he's gonna be carried out of the arena instead. Mm, yeah. Paul says, "Yeah, I gave him the night off, and mm. every night until Survivor Series off because of what Undertaker could do, which seems like a bad use of the Undertaker." I was gonna say that. <laughs> it probably, seems uh, like it. Well, I'd also like to tell the paying audience for next week. Hey, guess what? Undertaker's definitely not going to be here. And, and the television yeah. viewing audience be like, oh, he's not going to be on TV until Survivor Series. Okay. So that means, Matt, knowing what we know, yeah, last week was the last ride of The Undertaker in this iteration of the character on SmackDown, right? On SmackDown proper, yeah. On SmackDown proper, yes. Well, yeah. we're going to see. Not, not be- that we'll ever see. Obviously, he's got the match in Survivor Series. Oh, does he? Because Vince has some plans here. Um, um, yeah. Oh, man. Okay. That's right. So uh, Vince reacts very poorly to the news The Undertaker has the night off, and he's more crazy than I think I've ever seen him. Like, I don't think I've ever seen Vince be this unhinged. I've seen him do all sorts of things and have all sorts of emotions, but he's this is different. Noise. He's 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 got the gravel in his voice, and he's going like, he's inhuman, Matt. He is inhuman. This is the most over-the-top office acting Vince has ever done. So Vince gets another idea. And it's completely insane. And this is relatively verbatim, I'll say. Mm-hmm. He says, terrorists are going to burn down the Undertaker's house. Mm-hmm. His children will be kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And apologies for this next one. His wife will be raped by a motorcycle gang in front of the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Vince McMahon said these things in this order uh, as a way of being like, well, I'll get to him somehow. Uh, from terrorism to kidnapping children to uh, to, to rape. Yeah. Which is... <laughs> it, 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 first of all, he leans into the, that word so hard. Yeah, he hits he hits that harder than any word's been hit on the show up to this point, for sure. And he tells Paul Heyman that he wants it done in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the task that he's laid out in front of Paul Heyman. That was insane. I had to watch that four times to make sure I heard him correctly. 
I struggled with that because I thought it was like, this is going to happen and or if also do something in 15 minutes. And I was like, he said, this okay. is this, no, he said, this is what's going to happen. And you're going to make it happen in 15 right. minutes, basically, is what uh, Vince McMahon said on his wrestling television show where guys come out and say, I want to battle you for that leather belt with some gold tacked onto it. <laughs> Vince McMahon said these things, burning man's house down uh, and, and having a man's family ruined uh, because he's in a wrestling match. I mean, it's a buried alive match, but it's still a right. wrestling match. You know, if <laughs> we hear it starts Undertaker, the later, ring. Undertaker later on kind of suggests that it's not just going to be a wrestling, but there might be some death involved. So um, there's a little bit, it's a little bit well, more. Well, actually, know. there's actually also death, too. Uh, Vince threatens Paul's life. Uh, yeah, he does. Because he, <laughs> the next thing he does, yes, after I uh, this. he says he's going to choke Paul Heyman to death. In the in the middle of the ring, and then, and middle then of the fire ring. him. He's gonna dig his fingers into his flesh and squeeze the life out of him. And after yeah. I've killed you, I'm gonna fire you. I like that you need to specify so the middle of the pay, ring. Um, doesn't have to pay his, um, you know, his family. I guess his pension or something. Yeah, I guess it would maybe some severance. I would assume if he's still gonna if he's gonna make sure it's uh, still a firing. It would seem like a severance would be. Uh, uh, don't mention uh, that. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Don't Got it. it. Understood. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, just imagine if someone. Uh, it's in, even just imagine if anyone just even used the word rape on a TV show, a wrestling TV show in 2022. It's, it would just never happen. It would just simply never happen. It's, it's completely insane. I don't know. Uh, at the time of this recording, I don't know where they're going with this Lacey Evans storyline, but she's saying some stuff on television that's like, oh, she doesn't have to say all this. It actually is what kind of happens to Eddie Guerrero here on the SmackDown show, uh. where it's like, oh, let's bring in your real-world trauma and have you cry about it on television. This is what they're doing with Lacey Evans. This is her baby-face comeback. And, like, Lacey, tell us about your horrible upbringing, your horrible dad on TV. She's like, okay. And I'll cry about it, too. Great. Let's go. G- yeah. Get in the ring and grapple a person. Like, come on! I know it's supposed to be personal. It's supposed to be, in, you know, these stories are supposed to be intense, but come on. You know? It certainly is personal. Uh, <laughs> we're t- from there. From well, there, where can you go? Whiplash. Whiplash here. Here comes Miles Teller. We're told later tonight, Tori Wilson and Don Marie will take part in a trick-or-treat costume contest. And they have Yay! some terrible Photoshop jobs of costumes they might have. Uh, they, their faces barely fit onto, like, sexy models. But they have, like... This graphic is horrible. It's it really, really so bad low quality. Rent even for 2003. <laughs> it's not their heads on the bodies. It's, like, their faces kind of cut out. It's like a 2003 version of Deep Fake. Uh, I mean, that's even incredibly generous, too, I would say. Um, And so then from there, we go to the showers, where Tori Wilson comes out of a shower in a towel and looks at various costume things before dropping her towel off camera. Ooh la la. She holds, she's she's like looking at a garter and she like holds it up to her leg, like, (laughs) this'll fit. I think Taz even's like, oh, a garter's a good idea. Taz, Taz, Taz will. Uh, Taz has some opinions about this. Anyway, so we're right back to the wrestling ring after this, right? Uh, no, Paul, Chris Benoit walks uh, box, backstage. Oh, backstage. Uh, okay, of course. Kurt Angle runs to catch up with him, and they they work well as a team. They he says, and so he says to Benoit. Kurt says, "How about you join my team at Survivor Series?" Benoit says, "You know, we're liable to rip each other's heads off, but he'll do it. Uh, but they're not friends." <laughs> And Kurt says he doesn't want a friend. He wants to win. They should have done the Mega Powers handshake where they just kind of like hold each other's hands in front of each other. Like, oh, am I going to do this? Uh, it's about, that's, one of the, that's a, one of the greatest gifts there is, too. It's just that. <laughs> the Mega The powers. unsureness of shaking the hand. It's, uh, it's just such, it's incredibly well done. Uh, uh, so Paul Heyman 
Oh, okay. We're back we're with not, Paul Heyman. He enters yeah, Mr. McMahon's office. Ring again. Okay, great. Now, Will, just to be clear, this is good. Oh, Paul, th- this Paul thing's fine. I'm just saying, like, yeah. you spend a lot of time away from the ring on oh. this whole show. I, I, yeah, I, I'm yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. about this through the eyes of, like, going to pay to see the wrestling show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sitting down Absolutely. and mostly watching the screen. But, yeah, this is this is, <laughs> this is true. Paul Heyman goes to Vince McMahon's office where Vince is sitting almost comatose. He looks and like Vince... the emperor. He's in, like, an armchair, and, like, Paul Heyman walks up in front of him. He's like the emperor on the second Death Star. Oh, okay, Star Wars. Okay, good. I was like, just sorry. I, I know. I did. I wrote the Emperor, and then uh, uh, visited by Vader, and both of those in a wrestling context are too vague. <laughs> That'd be great. I wish Vader was there. Be like, Leon White walks in. Yeah, that'd be great. He, he shuffles back and forth doing his V thing. Oh, <laughs> the Vader crab walk. So Vince asks what Paul has for him, and Paul bravely says, "Nothing. Nothing." Vince threatens to choke Paul Heyman to death in the middle of the ring here, uh, and then he, this is so. This is where it happens. Will he says, and "Now I'll, I'll choke you to death in the middle of the ring, and then I'm gonna fire you." Oh, okay, I, I think but he Paul, also like threatened like squeeze life out of him, and now he's like basically saying, "On no one, no uncertain terms, I'm going to kill you, and then fire." Here's you. how. Yeah, Paul Heyman, of course, has he has a pump up speech ready for him. Oh, what yeah. became of you, Vince? You used to stand toe-to-toe with Stone Cold Steve Austin. You used to mm-hmm. run other promotions out of business. You stood up to the federal government. But now mm-hmm. you're fighting one-legged wrestlers and your daughter? You fought Ted Turner and his billions, yeah. That's right. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to think, remember how this ends. Because I think I said he was just like, man, Paul Hyman's so good. Best promo man in the business, maybe. I think he's just, like, incredible here. And so he's eventually, oh, yeah. I think, is, he wins, wins Vince over, essentially. He's <clears> like, you're, what are you being a big baby for, man? Come on, you know better than this. You're better than this. That's right. Really pumping up our horrible heel, man. That's right. And so from there we go to Colin Taz. Mm-hmm. Um, they come back from a commercial. They talk about Heyman said to Vince. And then uh, Cole and Taz throw to a video package of house shows they ran in the southern U.S. this past week. I'm not sure why. I have no Let's idea why they would do some this. some more videos. <laughs> this is a – yeah, and this is a weird – because, like, what have we seen before, Matt? They go to South Africa. Mm-hmm. They go to, you know, Japan. They Japan, go, yeah. You know, they love promoting the fact that they're a global brand. They Absolutely. love it. Mm-hmm. And now they're like – we went to Georgia. <laughs> Athens, Georgia. Marietta, Georgia. Okay. And uh, it looked fun. Everyone's I mean, of course, they had two cool there. They had uh, some kind of bikini contest. So, you know, the folks went home happy. Yeah, exactly. We see all those sorts. Yeah, we see Ray show some love to some mass fans of the crowd. Uh, Billy Kimmins shakes a soldier's hand. That's probably right, says, yeah. He probably says, like, thank you for your service, I assume. It would probably be something. Mm-hmm. So there we go. We That's what we see next year as well. Uh, now here is where uh, we see him. There's a match listed on Cage Match Talk now that that is not on the show. Uh, and uh, weirdly, my episode, yeah, the episode I saw on SmackDown was ten minutes short. But this isn't the reason why. That comes up a bit later. Um, supposedly, there was the World's Greatest Tag Team going against the uh, the FBI in a two on three handicap match here. Who's the baby face? Who's the heel excellent here? question? I presume that the World's Greatest Tag Team are faces here. But they would be. Really they would have the more exciting move set for sure, and they could probably right? you know. Well, it's also they it, could like, play for the, the, the handicap match thing, right? Where like you wouldn't have the face to be three on two, right? Like they wouldn't like if you were going to formulate the match in any way. I imagine it's still like tweeners or something like that, maybe. But I think you have to run that match as though the world's greatest tag team mm-hmm. uh, is the are, are the faces essentially. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Makes all the sense in the world. I should have mentioned that part first. Mad I didn't. Um, that's because okay. Shelton Benjamin, and I think even Charlie Haas. 
babyface at some point. I don't know if this yeah. tag team was. This tag team's babyface at some point, right? But Shelton Benjamin spends most of his career as a babyface. Yeah, I think he's, he's kind of more exciting anyway, right? So he's just kind of more naturally. That I think Charlie Haas yeah. is mostly a heel after this, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, 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 I that, that's how I remember it. And then, yeah. of course, Nunzio has that baby face run. He wins the world title at WrestleMania 22. Uh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, good for him. I was I was excited for him to have it. He, 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 he it. Hold, holds the title for 835 days. Has like It a, was incredible. I was yeah. like, that's bold of them to do that. They lost so much money. It was kind of crazy they kept it on for so long. <laughs> Gosh, the, the, the baby stuff pl- cr- cratered. It was pretty rough. But they, they believed in him. I think that's cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, as, it, as it happened, uh, this I think it might have happened live this match. I think they cut it. As it stands, it's not on the show. There's no record it was ever broadcast. I don't know why this happened. It is very strange to me. That's I would, in a million years, never would have guessed that it ever happened at any point in the show. Because this isn't the point where they fade to black, is it? Or is it? I one, don't They fade to black know. at one point after like a desk segment with Colin Taz. Okay. Um, anyway, well, let's, let's keep going. Yeah, you have to point that out because I don't know if I if I clock the the fading. There's a lot. There's a lot to figure well. out and and recall, but yeah, uh, yeah, the fading is a whole thing. Uh, and so uh, back to some stuff you can actually see. To Jerry comes down to the ring with his, his suit wearing buddies. Oh, we're at the ring. He's here, okay. he's here to commentary for. I mean, on paper, great match: Rey Mysterio versus Ultimo Dragon. Sure, yeah, but uh, then the bell rang. Uh, to Jerry, of course, is uh, looking real nice, wearing his WrestleMania 20 T-shirt. Yes, he is. <laughs> just the just the international symbol for, I don't have merch. Even though he does have a T-shirt, he wore it weeks ago. Uh, oh, or months ago on the show by now. Right. That's curious. I don't quite understand that. So, uh, Rey Mysterio, this is kind of a treat here. He's wearing incredible Hulk-inspired tights, you know, presumably because Ang Lee's oh, Hulk came out this year. That's what it is. And, like, why is he wearing know? torn up shorts over his oh, pants? Oh, my gosh. See, this is okay, my mind. It's Rey Mysterio. He always plays – he loves playing comic book uh, characters. Okay. But usually cool. – usually, well, it's, it's it's WrestleMania. So what we have here mm, is yeah. a, a superhero-inspired outfit. We have a superhero-inspired outfit for, on Halloween but non-WrestleMania. So, yeah, it is uh, it's essentially uh, green pants with purple, like, shredded shorts on top of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got a purpley green mask. So it all makes sense. Okay. That, that makes yeah. a ton of sense to me. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Tajiri says that Ultimate Dragon is okay. That's that's the the highest thing they have here. Well, well did they, they ask say that, him. Yeah. They asked Tajiri who his guys are. Tajiri's like, eh, I don't know if he's like just doesn't say. He's like, it doesn't matter. Or he just says like a bunch of stuff in Japanese, and then they're just like, oh, okay, we don't understand right. you. Uh, so uh, did they say this was a number one contenders match? Will? Uh, they said Tajiri is there to scout his next opponent for his cruiserweight title. And I'm right. just led to believe it's Rey Mysterio because it's not going to be Ultimate, Ultimo Dragon. I almost said Ultimo Guerrero. But right. or maybe I'm dead wrong about this. Well, yeah. See, this thing gets a little bit confusing about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this is listed as an number one contenders match. And I was like, I don't know that it was described mm. as such. But okay, interesting. Yeah, um, they're, they're, they're not clear on it if that's yeah. the case. Tajiri is, of course, he's asked about when he spat Black Mist in Nidia's face. And uh, he, he describes the whole thing as an accident. It's completely impossible for it to have been an accident. I kind of appreciate that. Uh, if there's anything on Earth that we've seen on television recently that was not an accident, it was that action. As the jury <laughs> claims, uh, he, 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 he pleads innocence of the matter. He says, it wasn't me. He, he, he was, plays the shaggy defense, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we <laughs> did get him, we, we, we literally got him on camera. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> and then Nidia had to have him in the shower. Uh, Runs out of rise. Uh, <laughs> 
What a what a gift that song is to the world. I gotta say that. Was <laughs> I me? Uh, best I can do. What a gift it is, and then what robbery it is for the guy who sings with Shaggy on that song. Do you know who that is? Um, I don't know. Is it like no. Andre 3000 or something? No, yeah. nobody knows who it is. Nobody knows who that is. <laughs> the guy I would look it up voice. and be like, oh, sure, it's, you know. Um, uh, but Shaggy is the only one who gets credit for that song. That's it. He's the only one. Uh, Rick so, Rock is the guy's name. Rick, Rick Rock. Good voice Rock. on Rick Rock. Yeah. I guess it's pretty good. Uh, Ray Mysterio, he he gets a turning crossbody, a springboard crossbody, off the second rope onto Ultimate Dragon for two. Uh, and Ray gets a couple of elbows. He gets his nice head scissors on Ultimate Dragon because they're both WCW crews, right, guys? They know how to hang. They can do this. And then he gets the wheelbarrow bulldog on Ultimo. Ultimo gets put in the 619 position, but he just gets up and flings Ray onto the apron. Uh, and that leads to a springboard nothing from Ray, which leads to a kick to the gut from Ultimo Dragon. It's a couple of moments where Ultimo just kind of stands around. Yeah, I had the memory where I thought Ultra Dragon was like pretty good, but didn't fit great. And I'm only seeing now that it's like the, yeah, the fit. Just, the fit is off. The is really not good. And it, I don't. It's not. Quite get it. It's not the. If I were to text this to somebody, I'd say the fit is not flame emoji. The fit is a couple water droplets. Yeah. Because although <laughs> no, can you dri- say the wait fit? a minute, drip drip is good though. Yeah. Uh, man, that's why I don't. That's why I don't mess with slang. Uh, but yeah, Dragon looks like. Don't really know what's going on here, and I don't notice these things in matches very often. Uh, yeah, but I noticed it here because like he's not really like selling stuff in between things. He's just kind of like right. does a move and stands up, or gets he, like you know what I mean. Like he recovers very quick from things. It, it's really odd. It doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, I I can't quite square it because I'm like in my mind I'm like oh it's my dragon very good and he is very good but he just it never connected WWE and I don't know if I think. You could chalk that up to a whole style thing where they're like, oh, you have to do this kind of style. But at the same time, you know, I expect someone who's a, a pro to adjust better, I guess. If that makes sense. You're still going to be teachable, right? You're still going to be teachable yeah. no matter what level you, you, you've, you've arrived at. No one you're, knows you're, everything you're right. about everything. And, and I don't, I don't, I'm almost afraid to say, like, oh, like uh, maybe he's not teachable. But it's like, I, you know, I I, almost, I don't even want to suggest it. But, I mean, it is – It's yeah, it's hard not hard to argue with that. I'm, I'm uh, purely speculating. I'm sure we can, yeah. you know, read some column by somebody who's like, "Oh, I know what's going on." And yeah, I would, don't, maybe could, if I could find some cont- contemporaneous report of the time that, that says, like, "Yeah, Ultimo Please. didn't want to" or whatever. Please extrapolate oh. a contemporaneous report, and then uh, mm-hmm. and then you know pontificate upon it upon this uh, show. I would love to. Uh, <laughs> so Ultimo Dragon goes for his reverse DDT thing that he does. I believe uh, SmackDown. Here comes the pain. Calls that the Ultimo Dragon DDT. Oh, well, I guess we'll find uh, out when we watch a match on Here Comes the Pain tonight. We'll see. Uh, but Ray pushes him, knocking over the referee. And so Tajiri hops on the apron and kicks Ray in the head, allowing Ultimate Dragon to get the 1-2-3. Oh, right. So, I forgot Ultimate Dragon won this match. Yeah, he does. And so Tajiri, after the match, he comes to the ring and he with his thugs and he bows to Ultimate Dragon. He bows to him, which and he expects reciprocation. And Ultimate Dragon declines to bow, which puts Tajiri off. As, from what I understand of Japanese culture, if you don't bow back... That is a huge diss. Like it's even if you hate somebody, sign, it's you know Ultimo should just go back to Japan and join Team No Respect, which is an actual faction that was in Japan. Uh, yes, right, it, it's that. terribly, terribly uh, impolite, and it, we know the Japanese culture built on um, uh, you know yeah, well, ma- almost, matters being polite. You know, it's almost even just like. Uh, it's just like a social norm, right? It's the mm-hmm. same thing of like you would do X, Y, Z, you wouldn't do that, like, and it's like, well, you in this case you wouldn't do, uh, you, yeah, you wouldn't, you would at least you would give a little bow 
you don't have to be like a deep like I super respect you kind of thing, but well, you wouldn't um, steal a car, you know. Yeah, it's true. You wouldn't pirate. <laughs> you wouldn't pirate SmackDown to watch all the strange, stuff you missed. <laughs> well, actually, we'll get there. Uh, and so we go to the locker room. We go to the locker room from that great athletic uh, contest, the second of three uh, visible matches you can see on the show. The, four, the fourth match, match of the night for them. It's a two out of three match night, I guess, sir. Yeah. Uh, it, where Brock and Big Show are arguing in their street gear about who was the reason they lost Undertaker last week. Big okay. Show is dressed like a youth pastor, which... <laughs> Brought me to my next joke, which is Big Show yeah. sitting on a chair backwards saying, you know who else was seven foot tall and 500 pounds? <laughs> <laughs> I like that suggestion. That Jesus was just enormous. Uh, uh, that's good. I guess Goliath? Is he saying Goliath in that situation? <laughs> that make no, more that, sense that, that, that joke factor, that joke form always gets me. It's like youth pastor saying, well, you know who else was, I don't know. You know who else was yeah, the true. capital on January 6th? <laughs> no, that's not what happened. <laughs> not what happened. Uh, and so, yes, a crew member interrupts them. He gets yelled at very naturally. He tells them that Brock that Paul Heyman wants to see him. Mm-hmm. And when we take a break and we come back, Paul Heyman is walking down to the ring, flanked by Nathan Jones, an and? old favorite of ours on the podcast, and some big new guy with a beard. And so we I get remember into the ring. The, did, you, did you remember the name when you saw him? You can say no. Yeah, well, I, well, uh, I have... Okay. I, We're mega Will, nerds, Matt. We have to know. I do extensive research for the Smackdown Six podcast, so uh, I was very research. prepared for this person to arrive. Um, okay, so what a mm-hmm. way to bring back Nathan Jones. Mm-hmm. Yep, just to he hey, look who's here again. Walks out mm-hmm. with another guy. Yep, that sounds weird out of context, but he just walks out of the ring. Well, they're holding hands on the way down, they're and, they're, and they're being very hands. affectionate. They're being openly affectionate to each other. That's right, and they yeah. they are getting such heat. They got, uh, and then they have a stylist that comes out with them. Yes, um, exactly. No, he's okay. Anyway, so yeah. Nathan so Paul Jones Heyman reintroduces us to the Colossus mm-hmm. of Bago Road. The Nathan most Jones, notorious inmate in the history of the Australian penal, Col- which is uh, <laughs> for a country that, that is a prison <laughs> is a I'm huge sorry, thing to say. Is this a penal colony in the first place? Like I mean, you, so like, to be the to be number one, Matt is pretty. You know, I, mean, I assume like I know Nathan Jones like robbed some banks, but this makes it sound like he killed fifty thousand people. It's, he's no. he's, also, he's like the most prolific serial killer of all time. When he actually he was like, I was young and desperate, and made better decisions, and I robbed a bank. He's proof that the system works, and they're like, yeah, this guy, <laughs> the worst got man to ever live, Nathan <sighs> Jones, just standing right. there alongside. Did you say his name yet? Not yet. I will say oh, that uh, to you. Paul Heyman says Undertaker gave Nathan Jones bad advice, which I have this to say in 2022 is a super <laughs> Trump thing to say. <laughs> you have very bad advice. My Nathan Jones got very bad advice from Undertaker. And I, told, I said, that's not how you're supposed to be. That's not how you should do. Not a great Trump impression, but it is a very Trumpy thing to say. They got or it reminds me of, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger in uh, Pumping Iron, giving, uh, <laughs> giving bad advices. But that's very funny that Paul brought that up. That this is the Nathan Jones is now a heel and he's mad that it's yeah. the Undertaker's fault that his ankle got broken by the FBI and he gave him crappy advice. You get a bad deal. It's uh, one, of the, one of the worst. Undertaker gave him some of the worst advice I've ever seen. He's uh, Paul Heyman then introduces us to Matt Morgan, who says oh. he was he was the number one draft pick for SmackDown, and Paul says he scooped Stone Cold and Eric Bischoff on Raw. 
I assume that's a, fra- a, a, a turn of phrase that doesn't actually mean anything, Will. Will is making right. an incredulous well, face of the number one draft pick thing. Well, there's no, we haven't had why. a draft here since 2002, and I, I think there's one coming next year, 2004. But uh, there was no actual draft, and that's no, when they reintroduced the, the annual draft because they they mm-hmm. the annual draft has been a thing. Yeah, they've ruined it in the last couple of years, where Steph just comes out and he's like, "Here's five people going to the different TV shows." Right. Okay. Uh, and not the yeah. back and forth uh, draft, of course. I think one of the more famous like final draft picks was like John Cena comes out with like the other show's title on Raw, and they just you know. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it was a little. I was like, "Was there a draft?" But I can also see it as a turn of phrase. Um, it, it, it's it, it's a weird turn of phrase to use in a situation where there actually are drafts. So Matt Morgan is they bill him as like seven feet tall or six ten mm-hmm. or something. He's very tall. Yeah, he's big. Next mm-hmm. to Nathan Jones, he looks like half his size. Nathan Jones is you could project Dune Part One and IMAX. Across his chest. He's a gigantic fella. Yeah. And obviously they don't want to give up on this guy just yet. But there's no way they can give him a pay-per-view no. match, is there? Uh, <clears throat> so we'll this is so weird. He just walks out. He's like, here's two guys. Yeah. I mean, a strange way to introduce people <laughs> like this. I don't. It's very strange. Especially with Nathan Jones. Like, they didn't even come out like, I got Matt Morgan. And that's not all. Look who's coming back. Oh, yeah, I mean, that would be, yeah. Jones. Why wouldn't you? I mean, even just to, like... Why not do, do the thing or where just you have re- him, like run out or something? Have him do anything else than just walk down the aisle with Paul Heyman and be like, "What if Paul Heyman came out by himself and then was like, I got two people introduced to you, this guy,' and he comes out like, oh my gosh, and this guy, oh my gosh, this guy getting crazy.' Um, yeah, what a weird thing to introduce them both together, which is like, you remember this guy, and this guy's brand new. Well, you know, they are kind of being uh, subject to the the, the storyline here because what we have instead here is that Brock Lesnar is called out by Heyman. And Even I though think the PA that we're... said that Paul wanted to talk to him, so now yes. Paul comes out and then says Brock Lesnar. But now, to be fair, Brock's yep. music hits immediately. Brock was at in gorilla position, like get ready with your finger on that button, pal. Right, he's ready. He's like, let's go talk to him. He, 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 I wonder if Brock's like, where am I supposed to see him? Then he'll watch the monitor. He's like, okay, he's at the ring. Okay, <laughs> sure. I'll out there, what? I was like, is he going to get choked to death? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess not with those two guys. Okay, never mind. It makes all the sense in the world why he I has get those it. two guys with him. Yeah, the same. So I think well, Vince McMahon. We are supposed to think that Brock is going to get jumped by these two guys because Brock and Heyman have not always been on good terms. Uh, Paul Heyman uh, famously turned on Brock in Survivor Series 2002. He never would do that again. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so they, you know, they're not on great terms. And so Brock is kind of apprehensive it's to the point where Brock gets to the ring just outside the ring and he gets a mic. So he does not step into the ring. He steps into the, he's still kind of in the entrance ramp mm-hmm. and has a mic and he tells Paul to shut up. Brock says he's going to wait for a big show to come out so he can talk business because he's not going to put himself in a bad spot. Michael Cole calls this a volatile situation. Oh man. And don't we just love when heels argue with each other, by the way, we're really concerned oh, about who gets their way here. Well, I, I even more so than that, Will, I love when a friend, uh, someone's upgraded to friend status. That's what Big Show is. He's called a friend by Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah, friend zoned. Uh, pretty wild. <laughs> you think Brock, Big Show was expecting a little bit more from that for Brock Lesnar? <laughs> I think so. Not too bad for Big, too bad for big Show. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so it's pretty wild considering their past, but that's how it is. So Brock says he hates Paul Heyman's guts and always has, but he's okay to talk business. And so Paul says, Brock, you're the captain of a team of Survivor Series, which Brock questions briefly. But Heyman says he's the captain. Now that's strange to us because we were told he's he has a team, and so for Brock to be like unsure about that, it's kind of like, well, we okay, 
Why? We, yeah. we, we, we know that he has a team, all right? Like, he has to. Just be more this. clear, guys. Be like, listen, Paul, I understand I'm the captain of a team at Survivor Series. You're not going to mess with mm-hmm. me, are you? Yeah, yeah. I'd say that too. Yeah, well, you gave that to me. I'm sure you have a good reason for it. So, uh, Paul Heyman says, you know, three other guys from your team are already here, Brock. Big show, Matt Morgan, Nathan Jones. That's four of the five. Okay. Great. So there we go. We're, we had a team already set up. I, I, and, well, you know, let's, let's admit it here. This is a big team. This is a very big team. Oh, big Matt. Lads. Michael Cole did some math. He crunched some numbers. Oh, yeah. That he's uh, not afraid to tell us. This is a lot of beef. If you're uh, 1,400 pounds of beef in the ring, as Michael That's Cole right. says. I'm sure there's probably somebody in the crowd was probably started raising a, a paddle for an auction to buy the cow, the, the, the meat in the ring to buy that big cow, the 1,400-pound cow. Oh, but it's not. It's actually four human uh, males instead. I'm sure that's probably what he did. You see the ring crew, too. They're scrambling. They're, they're tightening ropes. They're, they're kind of like <laughs> wrenching the turnbuckles. They're making sure. They're checking the wood. Uh, that's right. The, the slats, you know, making sure that uh, making sure that ring does not collapse under the weight of all this ambition. That's right. Uh, and so Heyman says he's been getting calls uh, about how Brock and Big Show suck. So he's putting them in a main event. Do you know who's calling him? Yes, Apparently the exactly. APA is calling them. Apparently Bradshaw and Farouk are calling up Paul Heyman to say that Big Show and Brock suck. Uh, and uh, Paul Heyman is essentially saying go out and kill them and show how Kurt Angle's team uh, will should expect some real pain at Survivor Series. Um, uh, do we is this, on the phone and tell Are we supposed to believe we... this is true? Is this true, what happened? Because, I mean, later on we see we hear a little bit from Bradshaw and Farouk, but is that they is don't, reasonable they, to believe they don't deny the it. They, they don't, don't deny, deny it. it. They don't, they don't protest, they don't doth protest at all. No, it's true. They, There's very they, little doth protesting happening here. They, they're very little doth protesting. There's noth protesting, Matt. Uh, true. From Bradshaw. This is the fact that he's got, like, Paul Heyman's office. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I think of Brock Lesnar? Uh, oh, yeah. that's what you think, sir. Okay. How strange is it that Bradshaw will be in the main event of SmackDown? Like, as if that'll ever happen ever again. Well, this is what Paul Heyman says. His job is to make the best main event for SmackDown he can. So he makes the APA versus Big Show and Brock Lesnar the best <laughs> main event, Matt, SmackDown has ever seen. Well, I don't know what you're alluding to, but uh, I'm glad Paul Heyman's doing his job. <laughs> Step aside, Iron Man match. That's right. Uh, Brock and the and the guys shake hands. The biggest Haas team we've ever seen is now set. Uh, and then we get a bra- which very might, brief. Wait, which, ha- which, yes, which, well. wait a minute. Which also might not even be true. Didn't Andre have a team at Survivor oh, yeah, Series? <laughs> and uh, it was like Mang and. Uh, oh, God. Well, I guess. We'll, you know what? We'll leave the Survivor Series stuff up to Survivor Series. Um, yeah. Because that's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of good. Um, a lot of Fodder. good stuff there, but they also like forget, yeah, how big wrestlers used to be. You know? Oh my gosh, yeah. They're, they're, These are huge. A lot of them. Um, oh, crud, 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 crud. Are you trying to pull up, trying to pull it up to prove yourself right? This good idea. isn't helping me at all. Uh, Under the Giant, Butch Reed, King Kong Bundy, One Man Gang, and Rick Rude. Yeah, pretty. I mean, obviously, Andre the Giant and uh, King Kong Bundy are doing a lot of the you know the heavy lifting there for lack of a well, better Well, and term. one man gang is not a small guy. No, that's true. That's the sorry, Akeem, that is true the, too. The, the feature Akeem the African Dream. I love that's that right. Bobby Heenan and Slick just managed everybody. The Slickster. The Slickster. Sure. I think I saw Akeem wearing his like Akeem outfit like on a recent wrestling mm-hmm. like thing. You did. It's like hmm, I don't he know. was there. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I'll go out wearing that in 2022. I don't know if that's George the Gray was doing it. He was he's out there. He's, he's going for it. So, 
Now here's where, <laughs> okay, this is really strange. I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to tell you what I experienced watching the show. Okay, <laughs> this, is, this, is, gonna, this isn't what he saw. This is how he felt about it. What did you experience? Okay, I'm going to read you what, I'm going to tell you what happened, and then we're going to have a big conversation about how something very, very strange happened in my WWE network, and we're going to go from there. Uh, <laughs> so we take a commercial break. We come back for sponsors. There's Subway. There's Kill Switch. Take cover, take game, take over. It's an Xbox game. Flip, 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 flip. Um. Yeah, okay. This is yeah. Okay. Take yeah, cover. Yeah, this is what I experienced. We're going to kill go switch. Back, take covers an Xbox game. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And a store called Big Lots. Big Lots. Uh, yeah, kind of a home store I've never heard of. Still exists. Still very large. Apparently. Uh, you know what, it's, folks? If you're yeah, watching the United States, you maybe yeah. maybe you work at a Big Lots. I that does not even have any sort of cultural presence at all in Canada. Even though uh, a lot of American culture, uh, a kind of influences things here in Canada, just a little bitty bit. Is that like Giant Tiger at all? I no? think so. It seems more like a Home Depot like to me, though, like a Home Hardware or something like that. Or a... <clears throat> big, a, a lots. large, much. Um, I believe it's like lots. Like it sounds. It sounds like I'm saying like large, a lot of stuff, which is even sillier, possibly. But well, they got big deals on everything for your home, Matt. Uh, if you go to BigLots.com, yeah, it, they, you know what they sell? Pretty much anything you could think of. It's like a home yes, decor right. place. Yeah. <laughs> they got, okay, they got a lot. It's big, it's Matt. Right. Yeah. It's not small. It sounds right to me. Big uh, lots. And so John Cena is walking backstage in his street clothes, and he looks bummed out. And Brock Lesnar calls out to him and says that Paul Heyman is probably going to make him a member of his match in Survivor Series, but he's not sure. And John Cena is quite skeptical. <laughs> it's just know. kind of like, which is supposed to be this kind of like, I don't know, sort of semi-subtle moment of like, hey, you can join Ooh. my team. And John Cena's like, maybe don't, maybe don't go, maybe don't do that anymore, man. Like, maybe don't go that. Yeah, I don't even go here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and so, <laughs> and then what did you see, man? Well, we take a commercial break, and when we come back, Tass is covered in chocolate. They announced Yo, there was another break. Will, yes. This is <laughs> this is wild. This is wilding. This is wilding out. So yeah, yeah, Taz is covered in chocolate with no explanation at, well, at the announce table, and then he hugs Cole, and he cover, is covered in chocolate as well. Yeah, he says, "I love you, buddy. I'm covered you in chocolate too." So here's wow. the thing, okay, guys. So you must here's have, the thing. Here's yes, the thing. Been taking crazy pills. I felt very crazy, <clears throat> and so I'm thinking, oh, of course, this is they, they cut out some stuff. Stuff is missing from this, and here's where things are, folks. This is where things get weird, and this could be an entirely different podcast that I can't explain to you. When I turn on the show. It said it was an hour and 13 minutes. When I was talking to Will earlier today, I was like, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff missing in the show. It's like 10 minutes short. And Will said, what are you talking about? How long was your show, Will, when you pulled it up on the network? Uh, the My the SmackDown episode? Uh, oh, it's so funny. Oh, I got I to gotta take a picture of this screen and send it to you. Oh, my gosh. Okay. The description on the right, SmackDown October 30, 2003, 14 plus yes. DLSV, one hour, 14M. The time code... On the video, says one twenty four oh one. Yeah, they're two different things. They're different things. It tells me it's ten minutes short, and then the time code says one twenty four oh one. So you showed me pictures of yes the little clips at the bottom mm-hmm. uh, of the show that tell you you know you skip to a uh, a scene a segment yeah and. It was uh, Chavo Guerrero's upset with Eddie Guerrero, and the picture above was Tori in her bunny costume. Mm-hmm. Next to that is Eddie Guerrero makes an apology. It is a uh, screen grab of Don Marie Wilson 
taking off her Wonder Woman boot in front of Funaki dressed as undercover brother. So I the version I saw on the WWE Network had 10 minutes missing. And I tell Will, and Will says, mine was the normal length of show. And I was like, okay, this is very strange. But I think, okay, maybe it has some parental guide on or something like that. Uh, no, there's no parental guides whatsoever. I talked to my good buddy Daniel, past guest of the podcast. We talked about him today. He looks on his experiences that it says it's an hour and 13 minutes, but it is, as Will is experiencing here, an hour 24. So even though it says yeah. it's it's short, uh, it is long. So this is something that is strange on the network. It doesn't make sense. And so this is the this is the thing that I find so bizarre about this. We're all watching on the WWE Network, not Peacock. If you're watching on Peacock, that's cool. I'm actually really curious to find out what's showing up for you. So my experience of this, experience, yeah, yeah, I had a bunch of stuff cut out of it, and we'll talk about what happened and why it would kind of make sense to cut some of it out. But also, it doesn't make sense because Will saw, I think, everything I'm about to say to him, which is confusing. But it's what happened. What I saw when it just happened. I saw the whole thing yeah. after. Michael oh, Cole we, says, yeah, fourteen hundred pounds of beef in the ring. It doesn't go to the sponsors. It goes somewhere else. Yeah. Well, where does it go? Well, you tell me. Go to the locker room. Orlando Jordan in a right pompadour wig, but See, an Elvis regular, wig, yeah. regular ass clothes, is sitting there with Paul London in regular ass clothes and a Lone Ranger mask. Yes. Because Halloween, also Lone Ranger starring Johnny Depp and Army Hammer. Wow. Uh, well, well, before that. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're sitting there, and they're playing SmackDown Here Comes the Pain, which was oh, just released that week. A precursor to uh, a review for the show, uh, <laughs> which was just released that week. And the match, I think, is Tajiri versus Rey Mysterio, right? It is, it is that. Now, the thing I find strange about this is that at no point in the last few weeks has the sh- anyone mentioned on this show that there is a SmackDown video game coming out that you can buy. I assume there was ads maybe during a commercial break, but at no point is Taz like, great, you should, should, it's coming out this Tuesday. It's never come up. Yeah, and this is the ad with isn't this the, the ad with Brock walking around the back in the locker room, and John Cena I, I, goes, I think it's the one where John's it's like black and white. And John Cena's like, I own this terrain. Here comes the pain. Yeah, I mean probably because there wouldn't be another one where Brock Lesnar would be around, and there wouldn't be the one the year before because John Cena didn't have that like rapper game. Yeah, yet. so it's, yeah, it's, so it's whatever you describe. If what you're describing is is real, then yes, it has to be that. If what you're describing is real. Yeah, so they are playing this video game, and Don Marie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. interrupts their match. She stands in front of them. She opens a robe that she's wearing because she's in this trick-or-treat costume contest later on. Uh, and they see the costume. We do not see the costume. And they're both into it, including Orlando Jordan. Orlando Jordan's like, yes. Yes, I like this. Now, Orlando Jordan will. He does. He does. He is part of, he's part of the B of the LGBT uh, at this point in, in, in reality. Okay. We understand about okay, Orlando okay. Jordan. So it makes it a bit worse. Right. Although it is a moment we are kind of like, is he really putting on armor? He's like, wow, a woman's body. Unbelievable. Uh, but I believe he's out his bye. Uh, and so they return to their game, and Taz gives them grief for playing video games <laughs> when there's a beautiful woman there with them. But in fairness to them, like, they stopped playing Taz. Like, they did the thing you think they should have done. Like, what should they have done? Like, should they, like, put the controller down and follow her around for a while? Like, what's the move, Taz? What, what are do you they think supposed is to do? A5, yeah. exactly. What are they supposed to do? Uh, now, okay, well, here's a question for you is, yeah. did you then see a Hardcore Holly video package? So I missed that. So... Okay, this didn't ha- Okay, so this is something Don, that is missing from what I saw and from what you saw. But there was also uh, there's multiple video packages. Will that we, neither one of us saw. Right. So Don shows him the goods. Yes. And then leaves. And then the costume contest is up next. Okay, great. Yes. Commercial break. And coming out of the break, Taz goes, yes. "Oh man, that hardcore Holly is you know whatever." Because we saw now we did see a hardcore Holly video package last week where he's like, "Correct." Broke yep. my neck, Brock. I'm gonna wrestle you at 
let's say Royal Rumble 2004. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, so, not Royal Rumble, surely. That'd be insane. It'd also be insane for... Uh, anyway. So, yeah, yeah, they mentioned Hardcore Holly. I can only assume it was the same package we saw last week, or maybe like a different one, like hyping him yeah. up, being like. I assume a sim. I would imagine maybe Alabama even a, a, a similar one where they do another, uh, they do another, do another like take of it or something like that, where he's like, "I really won't take you down." I don't I mean, what I mean, what I said last week, I'm reiterating it again. My neck again broken. My, Didn't my like neck, it. Wasn't fun. My back. <laughs> Should I continue? <laughs> Which you would. And, <laughs> Come so, on. Yeah. Come on, Bob. So that's one of two returning stars that we're going to – or, or deb- there's a debut coming up too that we uh, don't get to see the video for. And so we go to the ring for the a trick-or-treat debut? contest. Sorry, what's the debut for? Oh, we'll, we'll get well, to it? We'll, oh, okay. we'll get to it. <laughs> oh, man. So much good. <laughs> Is it Hornswoggle? Sorry. That no, that's like not true. Music. Speaking of horn something, oh, uh, we go to the trick-or-treat wow. contest where Funaki is dressed in a ridiculous shirt – and Afro sunglasses. Cole says undercover brother. It is undercover brother. Will is that the is that like the uh, the, yeah, the, the movie of the, the time? Um, I, I almost said Eddie Murphy. Uh, Eddie. Um, oh my lord! We had a poster for undercover brother at Rogers mm-hmm. Video on the door. Right. And it was Eddie Eddie Edwards. Um, no, Eddie Gilbert. No, these are all wrestlers to my knowledge. Uh, yes, they are. You will you you'll find it before me most likely. Uh, well, I mean, this this man was very big. We had a poster. Eddie Griffin. Eddie Griffin. This is when Eddie Griffin was uh, was big. So this undercover brother poster. Yeah, here he is standing in the middle. Uh, he's got Denise Richards to his right and then a uh, another woman uh, to his left. Chris Kattan was also in this film. Uh, so right. I'm going to guess this movie's like a Austin Powers style uh, kind of throwback. Uh, but it's with a well, it's with uh, an undercover brother. Instead of uh, Mike Myers, Eddie Griffin in right. this film and also in a movie called uh, what was it called? Like Two for the Money or Nothing to Lose or something. Uh, oh, he's in Norbit. We had a poster of it on our fridge because there's a Pomeranian in the uh, movie, right? That makes sense. Uh, my goodness, why can't I find this? Double take. Yeah. Yeah, apparently uh, double um, take. Yeah, with Orlando uh, Orlando Jones, not to be confused with any other Orlandos. This is the two of them Orlando on the poster, J. and then in the middle is just a dog. Is the dog with them? Nope. The proportions are way off. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it's a good oh, thing man. movie movie photo movie poster photoshopping has improved over the years. Absolutely, especially when you see uh, like a, an old photo uh, on a, on a, on a shelf or something like that. It's always gold. Uh, <laughs> And so there we look we're in the ring here with Funaki dressed as undercover brother and the ring has gravestones and pumpkins and hay bales and this orange and black hay Halloween bales. garland and webs. Yeah, it's like scarier a, than a farm. It's like it is a little bit of like one of those like haunted hayride but they've located it like a haunt. They, they, they've isolated it and kept it uh, in one location. Uh, I'm going to go back to WCW and Matt you're going to have to help me out. Dustin yep. Rhodes versus um uh what was uh, Boss Man's name in WCW? Like Roadblock? Oh, or something? Bubba Rogers. Well, he had a couple different uh, names there. No, it wasn't, it wasn't okay. It wasn't Bubba. Then what was the hail bale match they did in the truck? Uh, they did like a match. I in think. A truck. Okay, are you, I think is that King of the Road match? Is that yes, what you thinking? King of the Road match. I don't think it was against Bubba Rogers. I think it was. No, um, it wasn't. It was against some other oh, man. I'm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, why that should have been where the costume contest was on a truck driving on the road. Yeah, just clear, well, of, King of the Road was Blacktop Bully, <laughs> Barry Darso. That's also a Smash oh, of Demolition. Man. Yeah, Smash. Repo, Repo Man. Man. Yeah, yeah. I've Smash watched that. Max, by the way, both still around. 
we well, still around. Show as well. Also a going concern. Uh, and so, so uh, Tori Wilson comes out first, and mm-hmm. uh, she's dressed like a bunny. Yeah, with carrots. With carrots. Carrots. She was in Playboy, so that's kind of the whole thing. Just to be crystal clear, um, it's a sexy bunny costume. She is not wearing a full, co- like, fuzzy bunny with a hat. And every, like a, No, it's like not like a, the bunny that would follow uh, Adam Rose to the ring, and then yeah. later Adam Rose would turn heel by beating up the bunny. Um, or the bad bunnies that came out during uh, Miz and Morrison's entrance last year at WrestleMania. He had an right. army of bunnies jump out. Right. Uh, and uh, uh, the... Um, yeah, and this also isn't even a Playboy Bunny costume because the Playboy Bunny is actually like kind of a specific mm-hmm. thing where it's like they wear yes. like a black thing and like so like the fact she's dressed as a bunny and then she's eating carrots, the carrots add an element to it that's like almost too in, like it doesn't make sense. It's too into being a bunny. I think it's just being a Playboy yes. Bunny is different than being an actual <laughs> bunny rabbit. Also, a happy pasty, sir. Uh, at the time of this recording, that's um, right. So yeah, she's also like she was wearing a robe in the shower, coming out of the shower. That makes sense. Then she puts this on. Um, and so it's also strange to me here. So Don Marie comes out after her, and she is mm-hmm. robeless. She had a robe before. And yep. so the whole dynamic of, like, let's see what costume you have, and we'll react, and we'll clap, is gone. It's a, She's robeless, and she is Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, this is back when Wonder Woman is more of a punchline. I mean, I think that Wonder Woman has um, probably had an on-again, off-again relationship with kind of in- feminism in a way, right? Where there's been times where she was kind of celebrated, and it's been a big thing. Uh, but there's also like you know decades where she had didn't really have much cultural relevance. It was just kind of like ah look she's like a, she's the woman so she's sexy. Also, and now she's Wonder Woman be, be like the Riddler. She makes people wonder. You know <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> the whole thing. They're both DC. I would love to. I would up. love. I would love for you to go pitch DC on a female Riddler named Wonder Woman and see how just, long you can maintain that you don't that know John that Wonder Hamm, Woman actually exists. That John Hamm meme of him being like. <laughs> you mean like when he's doing like a presentation? Yeah, yeah. They put <laughs> like whatever. Name Wonder Woman. My my favorite one of that was uh, after Cruella came out. Spoiler alert for Cruella, but it was like Dalmatians killed her parents, and he's like, <laughs> I, my my favorite is the Pope, but young. Is <laughs> my favorite iteration of that. I'm the new pib. Oh, that's great. So, Dom Marie, she's Wonder Woman. There's no rope, uh, and so Ta- Tori starts. She dances. She shows off. Uh, sure. Michael Cole says, "Nice cotton tail, like a horn dog." But kind of like, right. I don't know, like, like weirdly, but not. Yeah, I don't know. This, this, Michael Cole has very kind of like ah, like you kind of can't imagine it being truly horny in a way. So when he does it, it feels very performative in a way. Like it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's like if you had a teacher and you were like, I'm pretty sure the teacher is married to another man and he is a man himself, and he's just kind of like, oh, look at that lady. I don't Dad Zooks. Look at the gams on that <laughs> well, handbag. Like that, right? <laughs> like, nice cottontail. Appropriate <laughs> sort of for the, the whole thing. So Don Marie goes next, and she takes off her cape. First off, does Wonder Woman usually have a cape? Am I crazy, or does she not usually have a cape? I mean, maybe in some iteration. Actually, in the 1953 issue. <laughs> I have no idea, but So sure. she, she, da- she dances like Tori Wilson does. Very similar thing. Uh, and then Funaki asks the crowd who wants to win, and I think he just gives the win to Tori. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> I mean, like, what's her record against Don Marie one on one in any sort of bikini slash pilgrim oh, fashion show slash uh, trick or treat costume contest? She's got to be like, it's got to be an Undertaker esque streak of like twenty one yeah. and zero or something. Physical for a physical beauty contest, she is absolutely <laughs> she's she's the kind of the Goldberg of physical beauty contests. That's why she's in the Hall of Fame. A lot of people, you know, oh, saw her absolutely. go to the Hall and were like, I don't think. And it's like, no, you got to see her. She's unassailable in physical beauty contests. I mean, yeah, she's completely 
She, she's heads and shoulders above everybody else who's there. Did uh, you actually also suggest a belt for these kind of things? And I actually didn't yeah. hate the idea because it's like, well, they keep having these contests. Why not yes. have it be like a title you got to defend? She should have a belt. It should be sponsored by like either Playboy or somebody else. Yeah. And it should be like a bikini. Like, it's yeah. a bunny belt. The bunny belt. The bunny belt. The physical yeah. beauty contest belt. Um, I'm not just to be clear. I'm not saying physical they should do that now. I'm just saying that if I, it was back then, it would make it made sense to me that they would do that. No, but they, didn't they do should that. have it now. Yeah, they should have <laughs> Naomi out there, and she's up against Shotzi, and they got to you know be sexy. I still, Rhea I mean, Ripley just, comes out and she's in a little thing, and she's got a yeah. It's still very it's funny to picture. imagine. It's, it's very funny to imagine, to imagine. <laughs> like back then when they would have like the the babe of the year, yeah. just to imagine like. Them doing that now and be like, that's Bianca right. Belair, the babe of babe the year. Of the year. <laughs> it would like, make everybody so uncomfortable. It's like, very, very awkward. No, I mean, she's a beautiful woman, but like, yeah, it's it's not, it's, it's so dismissive. <laughs> it's it's like, had like a male hottie of the year. Get, give, <laughs> let Roman win that. No, Otis, I wouldn't mind that. Uh, and so Funaki was on to part two. It's like, part two? Yeah, this. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, God. And he says, well, part two is bobbing for apples. So in the middle of the ring is a large metal basin about the size of a bathtub. And it's filled with apples and a bunch of, I guess, liquid chocolate is what we're meant to believe. Yeah. Do you usually bob for apples and chocolate? I don't know if I've ever bobbed for an apple in my life. But it's a very big thing at these uh, Halloween parties, apparently. It's it's a very TV thing to do. It's Bobby a very for apples, un- very TV thing to do. Yes, very right, COVID yeah. unfriendly. I would also say it's it's accessible. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it is a death. I it's, it's something you would, you would kill people with that. I saw a video uh, actually. They announced that the apple bobbing contest that masks are no longer mandatory, and everyone was just so happy. Everyone had their masks in the air. They're all celebrating. <laughs> everyone stuck yeah. their face in, bobbed Let's around. Do it. Yeah. Oh man, uh, the the real horror is uh, the hospitals <laughs> after that the, <laughs> the contest. Uh, so yes, Tori Wilson goes first, but then before she gets going, uh, Don Marie stops her and says she'll go first. Okay. So Don, Don prompts Funaki to help her with her boots. She has, these, you know, her large Wonder Woman boots. She That's puts right. them on the ropes and he helps her take them off. Then she steps into the basin and just mm-hmm. lies down in it. Yep. So, so she's laying in the basin, uh, of apples and chocolate sauce or chocolate yep. liquid, liquid chocolate, mm-hmm. uh, as though it's a bathtub. Yeah. Uh, and she gets fully submerged and then she Pulls the top of her Wonder Woman outfit off. This is the third article, the fourth article of clothing she's removed for this yes. contest. Five, yep. if you count the both robes. Boots. Uh, both boots. Sorry. No, the robe, the cape, her top, and then both boots. Sorry, I missed you for a second when you said boots. I wasn't sure what you were going to say. So, yeah, she's, boot. she's now topless <laughs> in the tub. Oh, goodness. Uh, and so she stamps up. She's covered head to toe in chocolate, but she's still topless. And the crowd announcers react appropriately. I have to imagine she has some sort of modesty application on her breasts in some respect. I, I guess so. I don't know. Maybe it's just like, well, it's, if it's covered in chocolate, it's fine. We put yeah. hands on Sable's breasts in, you know, 98 yeah. uh, or 99 or whatever it was. So uh, uh, that's fine. So it's okay if she's topless as long as chocolate is covering her. It le- le- Legally, it counts as an article of clothing. That's right. Uh, and so uh, Don leaves. Just kind of Don. I would actually just say <laughs> I would say Don disappears more accurately. She kind of vaporizes at this point. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, have no idea where she went. I don't know where she goes. She's not in, in the rest of the segment, and she just kind of uh, disappears. I mean, she might have fallen to the showers, presumably, but presumably she's out of our purview. Uh, her, so Taz purview. comes into the ring. He encourages he encourages Tori to show Funaki some of their customs. Yeah, why does Taz get the ring? Taz like gets out of his desk for no reason. Right? Wait, what's he, I don't, 
And so it seems like I think it looks like they're going to trick Funaki into falling into the tub. Because Tori starts to undress Funaki. Yeah. And he's near the tub. And we're supposed to be like, oh, no, she's going to push him in the tub. By the way, Funaki yeah. is wearing a SummerSlam t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, SummerSlam. This is after No Mercy, yes. prior to Survivor Series. <laughs> so we have Tajiri in a WrestleMania 20 shirt. We got Funaki underneath his undercover brother costume wearing the Survivor, uh, the SummerSlam t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got a, I don't, don't really know why. Uh, and so Tori starts to dress Funaki, uh, and then she turns and she shoves Taz into the uh, bombing for apples tub. Tori turned heel. <laughs> that would be great. And so he's covered head to toe in chocolate. He does the whole thing where you fall around the ring. You're like, oh no, I'm covered in chocolate, and you do the whole thing. So <laughs> I'm all um, slippy. So now I, I finally understand why uh, he was covered in chocolate when we were last saw him there. Which you get to know. You know why he was covered in chocolate? Because he was covered in chocolate. Yeah. Now, Will, here's where there's another promo video. Okay. So did, did you see a promo video here at this point? Uh, no. The last thing I saw okay. before we get the Subway sponsor is Cole co- comparing Taz to a Hershey Kiss and mm-hmm. a uh, Reese Cup. Right. And so uh, there's a uh, an Ernest Miller promo video. <laughs> Ernest the Cat Miller is coming to SmackDown. So get excited about that, folks. I can't believe this. Yeah. Uh, somewhere in there was the uh, the Brock. Do you remember when we had seen a thing too Hulk Hogan the Rock and Edge on this show <laughs> he used to make steel on this show Matt for God's sake. Uh, we used to make something we used to make things in this country <laughs> we used to make things on this TV show uh, people change the channel yeah uh, and so yeah so now now we have Chava worked up in the back did we are we are we back aligned again here Will are we back to uh, yes. being united so here Taz Taz gave gave Cole a big hug He's, yeah. they're both covered in chocolate now we go to the back yeah yeah Chavo is with Eddie Guerrero in the back. Uh, he said losing the U.S. title is bad, but losing tight titles is bad for Chavo, too. He says that's his bread and butter, which I guess means that's referring to the fact that he would make more money as tag team champions, even though it's almost never said in WWE broadcasting, and he's only kind of vaguely alluding to that being a thing here. They, they're bringing it up sometimes, like, you don't understand, when you're the champion, you make more money, and people are supposed to be like, oh, that's why. That's why he wants to beat him for the belt. Okay, now I get it. Now I get it. I thought you just had it. Sorry. That, that is that is a fixture more so in AEW television where uh, JR feels very deputized to say, it's, you get the winner's purse, which is, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's more like prize fighting. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. It might be you, you might be fine with that. It might work for you or not. Um, Chavo compares Eddie's recent slump to when he was on drugs and alcohol. Just um, says it. Yep. Very uncomfortable moments. Uh, a very real thing, of course. Just brings that, up the uh, real thing that happened in his life. Yeah. Eddie also would lose his life a couple years later from the abuse he put on his body for years of doing that. But at this point he is clean, but yes, Jeff brings up this very real thing for the wrestling program. Yeah. For something that's not even like, like I can almost justify if you're going to use something that real, if you are in like a main event blood feud and you want to be an Uber heel, but if you're just backstage and uh, talking, like when Randy said that Eddie is in hell when he was feuding with Ray, I, don't know, I know you don't mean it like that, but uh, that was what, I wasn't watching wrestling then, and I came back to it, and that's one of the things people cite all the time. And I'm like, oh, what a time! What did I miss? That actually, what? yes, yeah, what? thing that happened. Oh, baby. So, uh, yeah, Chavo says that Eddie owes everyone an apology. Uh, he needs to apologize. He needs to apologize to Chavo to the Latino people. Uh, and and Cole, the Cole throws to a clip of Los Guerreros losing the tag title last week. Uh, tag titles, rather. But it's pretty clear it's not Eddie's fault. Like, the Bastions cheated in multiple ways. 
uh, which is one of the things I find strange about this. To be like, Eddie, you lost title. It's your fault. It's like, well, there's pretty egregious, uh, pretty big cheating going on there. I'd say you probably have a good case to you know take to your general manager. Who knows if he's a, a good guy or not? So you could maybe just bring that up to him. I would also say too that Eddie lost the U.S. title after getting destroyed by Big Show. Well, I mean, Eddie, you know, he, he has a chat with our GM tonight. It, it does come up. It will come up at some point, but it is uh, it is still strange to me that people kind of like it's always funny when they're like it's one thing in wrestling for me to be like okay I can accept to an extent that like wrestlers cheat and other wrestlers lose and then we're all supposed to be like okay that, you're still validly champion even though everyone on earth knows you cheated to win I can I can I can come around to that that's fine yeah um, it is tough when people treat that as if they got pinned clean in the middle of the ring one two three and then just like they slept on a banana or they were stupid about it like that's the one thing where I'm kind of like you would you would you're not making excuses to say like did you not see the part where they uh, hit me with a uh, with like a a, a night for some reason I don't know why the bastion you have have a nightstick doesn't even make any sense to me. Well, probably because they can't use a in the show. I'm sure they wanted to. They're like, oh, what if you hit him with a? And they're just like, can we do that? And he's like, the hell we can. And like, no, you can't. What else you got? Well, this kind of looks like it. Let's use his nightstick. Eddie Guerrero was attacked by Big Show, smashed through his car, lacerations on his back. Had a match with Big Show mere days later. Get yep. beat up real bad, lost his U.S. title. Then days later, had to have a tag team match, and then he lost, even though he was cheated upon. Mm-hmm. And here we are. That's where we. That's where we come to. Yes. And, and so Eddie's music hits, and out walks Eddie Guerrero with his head down, looking dejected. He's on his way to the ring. This is not the Latino heat we know. This is Latino. I mean, at best, lukewarm. Eddie gets an Eddie chant before he even gets on the mic, and he says he gets his heart out here. And if that's not what he's done recently, he apologizes. He addresses Chavo, saying that Chavo hurt him. He knows how hard Eddie's struggled with his substance abuse, substance abuse issues have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gotta say, like, I I don't like this is coming up, but Eddie's delivering this very well. He's he's doing a fine performance. I mean, he's doing the best with what he has, but I, I, I agree with you. I also don't like that this is coming up at all. Yeah. Eddie reacts to a guy in the crowd saying, you suck, by saying, you're right, I do suck. He's being hard on himself. It was kind of an interesting little improv moment there, really. Uh, which I thought was funny. Um, Eddie kind of recites a version of the uh, Batman Begins thing where it's the, well, why do we follow Bruce so we can pick ourselves up again? Uh, yeah. But he phrases it differently and says about his father, but essentially, like, why do you fail so you can get back up? And so Eddie vows to win back the tag team titles for himself uh, so and for La Raza. He says he won't quit, mm-hmm. and the director cuts to a fan in the crowd being like, yeah, fan drinking a beer, being like, yeah, don't quit. <laughs> the guys are holding a Heineken. Oh man! Well, I mean, you know, he's not necessarily he doesn't necessarily have his own substance abuse problems. He's just watching Eddie. I just and think it's a funny choice, right? To be like, look, I, you know, if Eddie's like, look, I came to this bar to apologize to everybody about my substance abuse issues. Yeah, uh, is funny. Also, Heineken is delicious beer. A wonderful company. Yeah, that's right. What, the company's never done anything wrong. Very good. Uh, and uh, so, to no reaction whatsoever, walks Shaniqua. Oh. I mean, if you could have less of a reaction, it'd be big show at the Royal Rumble 2012. I mean, come on. Uh, she comes out by herself, and she's holding both tag titles uh, just standing there. Uh, she says nothing. Uh, Eddie says, you know, she'll have to take on his Latino heat if she comes to the ring. So Eddie, you know, is kind of threatening that, you know, if you get in here, you won't be able to resist me. Yeah, um, he said it's a mamacita, right? Yeah. It's a mamacita wannabe, actually, he calls her. Great. Yeah. So now we're gender. Is, is that technically a, a gender? Uh, is that a China reference, though? That's the thing I also, because like, in my mind, I'm like, well, he was a Chinese, he called her a mamacita. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of a, more of an Amazon thing. I mean, canonically, Eddie is into women who are much bigger than him. That's <laughs> true, canonically. <laughs> 
Like in theory, I you noticed know, he was... actually when the, they had yeah. matches against the world's greatest tag team, Eddie kind of looked at Shelton like, oh. "Yeah, Shelton, Shaniqua are of course the same person." Oh, that's insane JBL. reference you would make over to that. <laughs> uh, man, I think I think that uh, Raquel Gonzalez would make uh, Eddie kind of lose his mind probably today. I would say. Uh, I think you mean Raquel Rodriguez, but uh, sorry, yes, she had a, a very understandable name change, of course. While, while she has two names, who knows right. at the time of this recording? Yeah, she's <laughs> gonna be Gonzalez soon. A giant Gonzalez, really? <laughs> yeah. When my father wrestled here, she's gonna try to like fight Michelle and, McCool. And he had the and he had the disadvantage of wearing not a stitch of clothing. <laughs> yes. And I will carry on his legacy. Oh boy! Look okay, at the new. Like, <laughs> that would get okay. Very interesting viewership thing in there. Uh, probably cover um, myself in chocolate. Head to the ring. Uh, Oh boy. Okay, what a visual, <laughs> folks. Uh, so the thing, the whole time I'm watching here, I'm like, Eddie, do you not know this is a distraction? This is the biggest distraction I've ever, like the most like obvious distraction I've ever oh, seen. Oh man, in my life. this is like the Crusher wanted to shake Bugs Bunny's hand. Oh, it's very silly. It's he very silly. Bugs, Bugs cha- turns to remember. If you remember that he shakes Bugs Bunny's hand and a stick of dynamite that he that he bites and then he blows up. Of then course, he says he's just passing by. Oh. There we go, Crusher. Let's just pin your shoulders to the mat. I, I do not know what you're referencing, but I'm glad that you're. You never seen that Bugs Bunny cartoon where he I don't know who Crusher, the Crusher is. He wrestles the Crusher. He wrestles a giant white guy, uh, and he wins the wrestling match by. Oh, good for Bugs! I want you know, I want to win for Bugs every now and then, you know, an underdog that he is. Well, he does flex his arm at the end, and of course his arm droops down, and he kind of like flips uh, it like it's a, like it's a bass guitar string. I get it. <laughs> Specifically bass, I like that. Uh, and so the Bashams run through the crowd and attack Eddie to the surprise. It should be the surprise of no one. Mm-hmm. And so Eddie lays everyone out, though. He tosses people. He suplexes people. And he's wearing street gear and handed out drop kicks. I love to see it. Mm-hmm. Looks great. And so Eddie, he goes to launch a frog splash, I think, ostensibly out of Shaniqua. Yeah, then a, he, that's what he, he's like selling it like he's going to like splash Shaniqua. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then a Basham, he interrupts and he, he tosses Eddie uh, off the rope there outside the ring and uh, putting an end to Eddie's success. They end up stomping him and beating him on up there, which is like, great. After this whole cool thing of Eddie getting this big, like, exciting, like, yeah, yeah, we went and did it. He just gets beat up on. Mm-hmm. And then Chavo comes out, but he comes out well after Eddie gets beat up. Like, what the heck was Chavo doing back in the back watching the Bashams just beat up Eddie unless he was, like, in the, the cheap seats or something like that? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. There's no reason he should come out late. Right, yeah. he should have even been in the ring with him and be like, "Eddie, come on, apologize." He's like, you're right, Chavo. Like, why was he not there? Doesn't make any sense that he's not there. Makes zero sense. Uh, Cole and Tass suggest that Eddie's back on his losing ways again like, after that unfortunate. <laughs> like, he has this great moment of like tossing him out, and then he has he just gets f- dropped, beat up, and they're like, "Ah, never mind. He sucks again." Wow, what a loser! <laughs> it's rough, man. It's really rough. And so we take a commercial break. And we come back. Eddie is being tended to by the trainer, and Paul Heyman comes by. And Eddie expresses his displeasure and demands a tag title rematch. And Heyman says, you know, you got to earn your spot with him no matter who it is. So you always got to earn your way. And so uh, Paul Heyman, you know, essentially says, you know, if you beat the Bashams next week, you get your title shot. Eddie goes, great. Okay, Los, ba- Los Guerreros will face the Bashams. We'll beat them. We'll get a title shot. Los Bashams. Los Bashams. But Paul Heyman says, no, no, it's not Eddie and Chavo next week. It's just you, Eddie, against the Bashams. You have to beat both of them to get a title shot. What? I know. Patently unfair. Uh-huh. I will say. Uh, and so Eddie is mad about that. It's a whole thing. Uh, yeah, he tosses the chair. He tosses the yeah. chair. He pushes the trainer, too. He does. Well, you know, he had it coming. He did. Uh, and so Josh Matthews is back interviewing Kurt Angle, kind of just like in in a hallway. There's no, They're not by the interview area or anything like that. They're just kind of like in a section of the arena where stuff is happening. 
Uh, and so we ask her to angle, you know, like who's going to be your team at Survivor Series? You know, we most we know who most who's going to be on Brock Lesnar's team. And Kurt says, you know, I got off the phone with Hardcore Holly, and he's in. So that's got that's off the phone. Yeah, people are phone on the calls. phone. People are calling all over the place here. Bradshaw's Dude. calling Paul Heyman. Hardcore Holly's calling Kurt Angle. Very under- very very believable people calling very believable other people. I would say. I mean, like, just got off the phone. Hey, Hardcore, you're in the Survivor Series match. Great. So yeah, exactly. mad, Brock Lesnar. I'm gonna get him for breaking my neck. So uh, it's, it's great. It's like okay, sure. Uh, and then uh, Kurt says he's gonna be facing. Um, he, he's he, he's also gonna have two toughest guys, and they're right here. And he gestures. Uh, and on the side, we see there's a couple of these kind of doughy looking crew guys. They're scratching themselves. And I think one of them is uh, a PA that uh, came to Brock earlier in the night. Yeah, uh, yeah and both I think standing there scratching their ass, being fat slobs because they're not yeah. wrestlers. I believe that uh, Josh Matthews even says that, like the guy scratching themselves over there, which I like the specificity oh, yeah. of asking that. He's a reporter. He's an intrepid yeah, reporter. Uh, and Kirk goes, "No, not them. These guys." And the APA come around the corner. No. And so Bradshaw promises to take care of business against Brock and Big Show tonight. He t- he make- he talks about a bunch of uh, alcohol and makes Kurt Angle laugh. Probably, try- probably trying to make him break at some point there. Oh yeah, uh, he says you got to get some sambuca as well, which is. Yeah. Um, Gross. I don't like Sambuca. If you like uh, s- the flavor of Star Anise, have some Sambuca, but I'm not a huge Yeah, fan. no, thank you. Uh, and so, yes, yeah, so they they go. I believe there's a little moment there with the other two guys who kind of like, I don't know, they say something afterwards. I'm not quite sure if I remember what it is. But. Farouk says, damn. Yes, to those guys for just being for just being around and not being all that uh, impressive looking as gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, that's actually really mean. So Kurt's team. We've got Kurt, Harcourt, Holly, Bradshaw, and Farouk. And 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 Chris Benoit, yeah, the that's team. Five. Okay, so yeah, I mean, that team kind of <laughs> that team kind of goes down a down a, a hill pretty quick, right? You got Kurt Angle, oh, Chris Benoit, great. Uh, sorry, Chris Benoit in two thousand three, oh, great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Time back there, uh, Harker Holly, oh, okay. We're, we have a lower <laughs> mid carder with us. It's like and the APA, uh, oh, okay. They might be a step up from Harker Holly, but we're not even sure. And clearly, Hardcore Holly is supposed to be more of a bigger deal here, I suppose. Yeah, there's, there's, they're trying to hype him up in his return, but he was, you know. Yeah, it's the not, wrong tree. Uh, it's not necessarily going to work here. Uh, and so, uh, Cole and Taz, they throw to a talking head interview with The Undertaker, who's talking about his Buried Alive match against Vince. Now, there is a promo image uh, of the Buried Alive match already. It's a grave, and it has a uh, uh, Taker on one side and Vince on the other. And, and Vince has this, if I'm not mistaken, Vince has this very super goofy reaction face on the grave and i think it's when vince uh when, when stone cold steve Austin put a gun to his head and said bang oh yeah I think it's that moment 16. by the way we're in like the seventh or eighth segment of the night and the last match we've seen was the third segment anyway it was uh, incredibly the, long time ago the graphic is hilarious it's so stupid it's very dumb and so undertaker uh says you know he's gonna take vince out of commission in order to win another wwe title his fifth title and if Vince won't let Taker wrestle for the title while he's still living, when well, maybe Vince needs to stop breathing. Yeah, and so, uh, pretty unsubtle suggestion. Taker's looking to uh, to murder. Yeah, <clears throat> looking to murder. Yeah. Um, strangely, the not the worst thing someone said about their opponent in this match tonight. Yeah, I know. This is tame uh, compared to anything else Vince said. Yeah, downright chased. Uh, and that brings us to our main <laughs> event. Oh, main event anywhere in the country, and it is Brock Lesnar. Atlanta, Georgia. Brock Lesnar and Big Show against the APA. We take a commercial break, and when we come back, there's less than six minutes left on the show, and the APA has yet to come out to the ring. Dang. <laughs> the opposite <laughs> of the problem we had before. 
where uh, there's like half an hour left, and clearly it's going to be a pretty long match. In this case, not so much. Um, the commentators keep talking about how John Cena is probably going to be on Brock's team, but it seems like that might actually be fairly unlikely. Like, we're supposed to, like, really kind of, like, be thinking about this probably? Is the vibe I get from this whole situation? I mean, it's it's a head scratcher, man. This is going to be such a water cooler conversation for everybody after SmackDown. That's what they're going to take away from watching this episode is be like, so what do you right. think? Do you think John Cena? I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah. Hard to say. Uh, Taz calls JBL a former Oakland Raider, right? Did you uh, yeah, talk about I, that he was a LA Raider and he was on the practice squad? Like, wasn't he not an yeah, Oakland Raider? He signed and cut before the season. And he was an LA Raider. It's 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 a very uh, I don't know if species is the right word, but it is not accurate to say that he was an, an Oakland Raider or a Raider really of any any way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I, th- I think he did talk about it on the show. Good. Yeah. And we did it again. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't do that too well because he talks about it and I'm just like, you know, not not totally believable in the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Show goes for a choke slam on Farouk, but Bradshaw comes in and just simply hits the clothesline from hell on Big Show. Yeah, it does. He wallops him. That gets a count of two uh, when Farouk covers him. Yeah. Uh, then Brock Lesnar uh, tosses Bradshaw into the steps outside, grabs a chair, comes back into the ring, and hits Farouk with a chair, drawing a disqualification. That's it. That's your match third over. match of the night, folks. So that is less than 13 minutes of wrestling on this show. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't see two of the matches on SmackDown, the dark match beforehand and the uh, World's Greatest Tag Team and the FBI. I can't imagine those going very long. But at the same time, uh, if you watch the show, like we watch the show, there's 13 minutes of wrestling on a wrestling show. We had to make room for two parts of the costume contest. Right. It was a, it was a two-part thing. That's true. Uh, and so uh, Big Show and Brock Lesnar, they set up a chair on Farouk's leg. They do it Pillmanizer style. And Big Show... Uh, dro- ki- uh, kind of. They well, like the lay it on top. It's, we're told it's Pillmanizer style, even though we can't really see it. Oh, no. I, I saw it. He just lays the chair on it, and Big Show leg drops it from the uh, okay. from the rope. But it's not like the Pillmanizer rise right, when you have the... Like, you stuff the leg inside the folding apparatus of the chair. The crowd yes. is chanting... Bullshit at this point. They're not having fun. <laughs> they're, they're, I mean, it, it doesn't like take over the arena like it wouldn't like, you know, Barclay Center or something, but right. people are upset. It seems, it seems like uh, Farouk might be out of this, uh, this match will tonight or at Survivor Series rather. Might have to uh, add somebody else here uh, to replace okay. him. All right. Okay. Interesting, interesting dynamic here. Um, interesting dynamic. Okay. So maybe the match isn't as set as I thought. Right, so Brock turns around with the chair and he cracks Bradshaw in the head. Yeah, right in the head. Yeah. Oh, always, always satisfying to see that. I would say. <laughs> Down runs Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit. Take it to the to show in Lesnar. Kurt hits an angle slam on Big Show. Then he and Benoit get their angle lock and crossface on Brock and Big Show. Oh yeah. Uh, and then in come Matt Morgan and Nathan Jones to break things up. And Nathan Mor- Nathan Jones starts off just as a couple more awkward kicks, like nothing ever changed. Oh, man. Yeah. Strange, I mean, he's got a bum ankle, Matt, so, you know, his kicks aren't going to get better. <laughs> he, he, they didn't bring him back at full strength. He's been gone for so long. <laughs> he still hurts. Uh, What's wrong with him? Fully armed and operational, Nathan Jones. Glassman Jones here. Uh, Morgan hits Kurt Angle with a sit-out powerbomb, and Nathan Ooh. Jones hits, like, a pretty lucky lackadaisical gut-wrench slam on Benoit. Seems pretty like... Bah, bah, bah. I've seen him do a better one on Jeff Jarrett in, in Japan. There's one... Like oh. clip I saw where he basically like throws Jared across the entire ring. It's incredible. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Sounds way better. Thank you. Uh, that was way better. This is way not. Uh, yeah, not way not. And so the bad guys stand in the ring with their arms raised as we go off the air. Uh, Fifteen hundred thousand pounds of beef. 
Will, I would love to know what you thought of this show. And I'd love for you to give us a rating using the SmackDown video games of this era to note whether it was good or bad. So a good would be a just bring it. Uh, an eh would be shut your mouth. And if you could believe it, a bad show would be here comes the pain. Will, your thoughts on the show and what you rate it. Here comes the pain all the way. It's bad, sucks, stinks. Probably the worst episode <laughs> of SmackDown I've seen on this podcast, maybe since the one I saw in Vancouver in 2020, which I think had only three matches as well and a whole lot of backstage stuff. Right. Uh, the stuff Vince says is way across the line and just insane. It doesn't add anything to this match or this feud it makes no sense why he can't just change anything uh people are just brought back oh someone called me on the phone and said this oh really okay oh i got a phone call harker holly's gonna be on your team oh okay uh no heat anywhere eddie has to bring up real world stuff that is just out of nowhere and confusing and unnecessary and really sad to see eddie on this path considering we only have two years left on earth with him uh what else? Uh, yeah, Brock is 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 fully feels like he's brushed to the side and just doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, he has his own Survivor Series team, uh, and um, you know, love him or hate him, but the Undertaker just doing a, a talking head. It, it it's bad. It's a bad show. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great at all. I will say, um, this is a fully insane episode of SmackDown. There's weird stuff to talk about. It's great for our purposes. I think for almost for our purposes, it's, it's more of a shut your mouth. But because, it, but it's objectively, it has to be. Here comes the pain. It's fun to talk about it. But it is fun to it talk about. I did enjoy bizarre. talking about. It. You're you're right. But I, you know, if I was the paying customer in Atlanta, Georgia that night, I would not be like, oh, I can't wait till they come back again. I'd be like, I could probably skip the next couple. Yeah, and I mean, I also like to just from the weird, uh, the, the dynamic of oh, a bunch of stuff was missing and it's back, and when to talk yeah, about it's it. Bizarre. It the the missing stuff on your end and my end is really bizarre. Yeah, same with Daniel. Daniel also had it where it looked weird for him at one point. Like, it, 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 I none of this makes sense to me. They switched to the Spanish audio. Yeah, uh, a strange dynamic here. So, yeah, well, you can actually change that. Well, if you had Spanish audio, oh, oh, oh okay. That's an easy fix. So next week's show is the November 6th, 2003 episode of SmackDown. Presumably nowhere to go but up from here, right, Will? <laughs> I'm going to watch it. I'm sure it at, one point, at one point, Michael Cole will say, we're 10 days away from Survivor Series. Oh, man. It's Almost certain that's going to happen. That's coming up <laughs> there. So, uh, so Will, thank you so much for joining me for this show. This is absolutely Matt, I did enjoy it. Show. I've, I've said it. I'll reiterate it. I enjoyed myself. This is insane. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's why we're here every week, Matt. We can't cherry pick. Okay. We don't do that. No. We watch it. We watch every minute we can. If we can't find the minutes that we're supposed to watch, we track that SOB down like you oh, did, absolutely. Matt. I found, I went and found it. You found sure. it. You still got it. Clap, 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 clap. I, uh, thank you for having me, Matt. And, uh, thank you, Smack Addicts for listening to our show. We love you. We love you all. We love you. We're so grateful for you, and uh, I hope this was an entertaining show for you. Uh, you can follow us, SmackDown6, on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. I think we're SmackDown6Pod on one of those. Uh, you can uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us with the show. You can share the show with a friend if you think they would like it. Um, you should maybe share this is like an insane show. Uh, you go back and listen to the last Halloween show. Maybe you want to listen to something uh, else. You can listen to one of the uh, pay-per-views. You can start off one of those. It's a great, uh, great place to start here on the SmackDown6 Podcast. So uh, thank you so much for all of you for joining us on this wonderful, weird, wacky, bizarre evening of SmackDown television. Uh, we'll see you next time 
on the SmackDown 6 podcast. I hope it's less spooky this time. And by this time, I mean next time.